0: Welcome to the Movie Planet, Season 5, Episode 20. This week we are talking about 2021's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. With Joe. The truth is, I've had many names throughout my life. The warrior king, Master Khan, the most dangerous man on Earth. For years,
1: I thought that was all I was meant to be.
0: And Steve. Good for you, dude. You found your passion and went for it and eventually used it to cripple the US
1: government, but whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks.
0: to the movie planet joining me is the abomination to my wong steve welcome back it's been it's been it's been a minute here since you've done a mcu movie
1: it's been a while um like black widow
0: black widow came out four shows ago but we recorded black widow like a year ago didn't we
1: yes yeah that was a long time ago that's when i was um yeah it was a while back yeah so good to be back but I don't know if I'm great about the movie, but you know what? It is what it is. We're now
0: in we're now in phase four, or as I like to call it now, the pandemic four.
1: Yes, very nice.
0: Yes, the the pandemic has basically molded everything we've seen in phase four into one big mess of garbage.
1: Yes, they are all garbage. Yeah. Well, some of them. I mean, Eternals. That's that's true. We haven't done Eternals, and that was actually not bad. That was shit.
0: Eternals is dog shit okay so this week because we've dug our heels into the MCU we have nominated Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings from 2021 for the comic book movie Pantheon a movie made for 200 million dollars that brought in 432.2 million worldwide
1: why do you think that is Steve well, isn't that why we're here? To discuss all the problems or reasons with this movie?
0: <laughs> I think I think we are. I know I have a very good reason for it. Uh, I it, mean, it's pandemic. It I mean, opened you, during you the gotta pandemic.
1: Think, <laughs> you got to think that's part of it. Um, let's see. This came in. Well, this wasn't like during the height of the pandemic. Oh, that was more Black Widow.
0: No, but if you consider that this is a year later, a year, yeah. a year ago, you would not have seen a movie theater full of people.
1: Well, oh, unless you're in Florida, down here in Florida, it's like the pandemic never existed. <laughs> oh,
0: that's why your economy's kicking ass and the rest of ours aren't. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, a movie. Okay. So it's written by Dave Callaham, Destin, Daniel Cretton, and Andrew Lanham directed by, ddc Destiny daniel cretin produced by kevin feige and jonathan schwartz music by joel p west there's a whole lot of people i'm like i don't know who that is oh there's kevin feige <laughs> yeah
1: really i'm looking I'm, as you're reading these names i'm following along and i'm like these are all newbies to the mcu yeah correct yeah pretty much
0: uh mm-hmm. starring simu lu as sean or Sean. <laughs> yeah really nice to- Tony Leung as Zhu Wenwu. Aquafina as Katie. Ben Kingsley. Welcome back, Trevor.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yes.
0: Mengher Zhang as Xia Ling. Fala Chen as Li. Michelle Yeoh as Yingnan. Hua Yuan as Master Guangbo. Florian Muntano as Razor Fist. Taser face Andy yeah. Lee as death dealer Benedict Wong as Wong and Tim Roth actually that is Tim Roth as abomination he did the grunting and all that crap so he's back
1: well I can't remember what movie it was it might have been Black Panther where you did an absolute fabulous job pronouncing, pronouncing those names oh well I think you've won up to yourself this time
0: I practiced <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you're wondering why it took so long to get to this movie, we do have a little rule here at the movie planet. Every time a movie comes out, we got to wait a year before we really want to tackle it. Because if you just see a movie right afterwards, you tend to go, wow, Rogue One's an A. And then you realize, well, no, the last scene was an A. The rest of it was a C. Is that fair?
1: That is very fair, yes. Yeah,
0: you need to marinate on this stuff a little bit. So here we are one year later, ready to see if we can crack the Pantheon with Shang-Chi. Now, the comic book Pantheon is the most packed Pantheon of all of them because you and I, we did every damn Marvel movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> This one's so, it's so incredibly tight to, to get anything in here. I mean, when do we start getting rid of A's?
0: I mean, we're close, I don't know if Shang-Chi is going to make us do it. I don't think, I don't think it's going to. Uh, but number one, Avengers Endgame. Number two, Deadpool. Number three, Avengers Infinity War. Number four, Iron Man. Number five, The Dark Knight. And those are five perfect scores. Then we got number six with an A-. Batman Begins. And number seven, Black Panther with a B B+. You mentioned something a couple weeks ago about your Doctor Strange grade. And I didn't forget because, as you know, I think Doctor Strange is an A. Yes. The first one, obviously, is an A. We won't go into the second one for well another eight months or so. Yeah. <laughs> but according to this, Steve, I mean, just to remind you here, you gave Doctor Strange, let's see, what was it here? It was a, oh, you gave it a solid B. Did you want to raise that at all or, God forbid, lower it?
1: Oh, no, I definitely wouldn't get lowered. I mean, I still feel fine with it being a B. I mean, I wouldn't go any higher than a B plus so- only because I've now realized that the um, and I've said this on record again. And I feel like you bring this up and just remind me every you know month or so um, about my critique on the defense of the time stone and how crappy I thought it was. And then. <laughs> after Endgame or Infinity where I was like, meh, silly, it's probably not that bad. So would
0: oh. you say B plus?
1: <laughs> uh, I originally gave it a B. Yeah. I mean I still I mean that's still well above average for me and it's it's still real it's
0: still good. Um, so when it comes to Marvel movies you find it to just be an average Marvel movie.
1: Is is average Marvel
0: movies a B? Right now that's the average
1: God, when you say
0: it like that,
1: it's just, that's just—that's just dirty talk.
0: I know it's—it's—it's how—it's how I treat you, baby.
1: No, I mean no. That if if that's the case, then I do feel it, it's it, it's above average, but I wouldn't go any higher than a B plus.
0: So are you saying B plus? If if the new average is a B,
1: then B plus.
0: I had an awesome time. <laughs> Now Steve, you know what this means. This ah, means that it is tied with Black Panther. Okay. So, been waiting for this for a long time. Oh my god. Steve, you're really going to do this? I'm going to really do this. Actually Steve, it's not tied with Black Panther. It's above Black Panther because this oh, makes man. it this makes it an A minus. Wow. And that pushes Chadwick Boseman, you, you took that man and ripped him off of the Pantheon. How how, how do you feel right now?
1: Pikes <laughs> and Betrayed. I feel betrayed. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I feel like... To quote Ruxin in the league,
0: I feel like I just won twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like Anakin Skywalker trying to leap up and get Obi-Wan and I'm burning on Mustafar (laughs) staring up at you. I hate you.
0: This is so glorious. Bye-bye, Black Panther. Now the question also is, Steve, it's tied with Batman Begins. Is this, is Doctor Strange a better movie than Batman Begins? No. Oh, you (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to move. Can you say the same thing? Can I say the same thing?
1: Um, Is it better than Batman Begins?
0: I can say that. And the reason I can say that is because I gave Doctor Strange an A, and I gave Batman Begins an A-. (sighs) So I can say that. Statistics rule again. Yes, they do. Okay, well, let's keep going here. Now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business. And boy, what great business that was. Steve, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think? Honestly, I don't care what. You can give us an F at this point. I feel like I just won.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I saw this movie on Disney Plus, uh, uh, not on Disney Plus immediately when it came out. Uh, I watched it with the wife because that's usually what we do. We watch the Marvel movies together. And after the initial watch, I thought it was okay. Um, I wasn't left wanting anything more. and But I was excited about the character. Okay. Uh, this was out of all the movies we've done for Marvel. This was actually the very first Marvel movie. I've been just dreading to re- re-watch.
0: Why is that? Ever. Just had a weird taste in your I mind? just, yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know. It's just, I think I say it later on, I'm not that type of person that likes the kung fu type movies, those type of fighting movies. They just, and they've done nothing for me. And I felt like this was leaning towards that or kind of was that. I mean, but then at the same time, I feel like I'm a hypocrite because anything John Wick that's gunfu, you know, it's not that far off. So it's like, I don't know. Did you but like I just, Did I, you like
0: Iron just, Fist when it was on Netflix? I did like Iron Fist. Yes. So that this is kind of in the same realm. Well, is it the same realm? No, I think this is better than Iron Fist. Oh, well. And I uh, loved Iron Fist. I was one of the three or four people that loved Iron Fist.
1: Um, I do. I. I think this is better. I don't think this is as good as Iron Fist. I like the acting better in Iron Fist. Um, but uh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. But it was. But yeah, I just. I just didn't want. It's like. I feel like I just. I had to get through
0: it. You know. It's just like. Kind of like when I did Spirited Away. I, I. I'll take your word for that one. I don't even know what that is. That's the anime one that Sam and I did. Oh. Yeah. Where that, that's my that's my blind spot. Anime and westerns. And A24 movies, apparently.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I don't know. I, it's just, I think just out of the MCU, I just was like, do I really have to? Now, the next one we do, Eternals, I'm actually looking forward to watching that sucks one.
0: Sucks the biggest <laughs> ball sack ever. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to just eviscerate that movie. Okay. I actually saw this with Sam in the theater, but we bought our tickets at different times, so we had to sit in different places. And yeah, so we talked before the movie and then afterwards we basically I just went down to his seat and we sat there. and We were just like, "Okay, let's talk about what we just witnessed here, because we were really underwhelmed by the movie. We thought we were going to get a little bit more out of this, but we both agreed Shang-Chi might be the most boring MCU hero in the MCU. Yeah. Like, is it because everything's just so new? I think it's because everything around him is given better lines. He doesn't have any quotable lines in this. All the quotable no, lines doesn't. goes to everybody else around him, you know. He's he's a far cry from Robert Downey Jr. and he's a far cry yeah. from Steve Rogers and he's a far cry Steve Chris Evans. <laughs> like he's the same person. <laughs> But I think about all these other characters in there that are supposed to be these linchpins of the MCU, and they all have lines where you go, Yep, I know exactly who that is. I could give you a line in this and you wouldn't know who the hell said it.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't know if it's from him. No, yeah. I I I agree with that statement and seeing how the movie is Shang Chi (laughs) Right. You'd think that this guy would uh, you know, be more impressionable to the audience.
0: Well, now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with our segment, Inception to Perception, where I dig shallowly under the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Okay. Now, believe it or not, this whole thing started way back in the 1980s. Okay, according to Margaret Loesch, former president and CEO of Marvel Productions, Stan Lee discussed a potential film or TV series based on Shang-Chi with actor Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, and his mother, Linda Lee, during the 1980s, with the intention of having Brandon Lee star as the character. Uh, Brandon's father, martial arts legend Bruce Lee, was the inspiration for uh, Shang-Chi during his tenure on the Master of Kung Fu comic book series in the 1970s. So this has, had, this has been a long time coming. The problem with it is that if you read that comic now, oh, it reads a little racist.
1: Yeah, well, different times. You it's know. a different time. Time has evolved. So, I mean, I guess that's understandable, but...
0: The, the Mandarin was legitimately a fully yellow character. Hmm. You can't adapt that. <laughs> Not in 2022. Now... The next thing is in 2001, we have The Hands of Shang-Chi. Stephen Norrington signed a deal to direct a Shang-Chi film entitled The Hands of Shang-Chi. By 2003, the film was in development at DreamWorks. Ang Lee, the director of The Hulk, joined the project as a producer in 2004, but the film did not materialize after that point and the rights to the character reverted... Back to Marvel. Now we go to September of 2005. Marvel chairman and CEO Avi Arad announced Shang-Chi as one of 10 properties being developed as films by the newly formed Marvel Studios. Now in 2005, you're looking at they're just finishing up the X-Men run, the original X-Men trilogy run. And Iron Man's not coming out for another four years. So they're in that middle ground. Uh, Avi Arad is also responsible for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. So he's kind of of a big deal around there. A slate of 10 films, which were to be distributed by Paramount Pictures, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk are Paramount movies. So those were part of the plan originally. Uh, Marvel thought they could make great films despite being relatively unknown since he had a very Disney story in the comic books. And now we get to Shang-Chi, 2008 this is pre-Iron Man. The Ten Rings were featured in the MCU film Iron Man without their leader, the Mandarin. Marvel Studios then planned to feature the Mandarin in a film that could do the character supreme justice and showcases complexity, which Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige felt they could not do in the Iron Man films because those focused on Tony Stark. According to Chris Fenton, former president of the Chinese film based film production company DMG Entertainment that was in talks with Marvel Studios to co-produce their films, Marvel offered to create a teaser featuring either Shang-Chi or the Mandarin for the Chinese market that would be featured at the end of The Avengers in 2012. DMG balked at the offer since the Mandarin's negative stereotypical portrayal in the comics could potentially prevent the film from releasing in China and risk shutting down DMG as a company.
1: Well, they wouldn't really go with what the comics would now. I mean, come on. In Kevin Feige, we trust. I would think he'd have that, you know, taken
0: care of. But back then, in Kevin Feige, we did not know. Well, that's ignorance on our part. (laughs) Damn us. (laughs) We should have known. Now, in 2013, the Mandarin would eventually appear in the DMG co-produced film Iron Man 3 portrayed by Ben Kingsley, but he's revealed to be imposter Trevor Slattery, posing as the Mandarin. Feige felt this fake Mandarin did not necessarily mean that a more faithful version of the character did not exist in the MCU. Okay, now there's a big long thing here that's all about representation obviously we hear a lot about that with marvel movies now they're all wanting to be more representative they wanted more african-american uh viewers so they did black panther and boy did they do it well they did black panther well they decided to go after the asian-american uh market with this one also and uh honestly when you look at it there is nothing that feels forced when it comes to agendas in this movie it feels like a very natural story because everybody in the story is Chinese. There isn't somebody that's going to learn a lesson about Chinese culture. It's not about that.
1: Now that you actually say that, it's like, I can't even remember a scene where I experienced that at all.
0: Yeah. Trevor Slattery. That's how natural it was. Trevor Slattery is the only white guy in this movie, I think.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, Razor Fist.
0: Okay. Razor Fist. (laughs) Taser face face. (laughs) and of course the end credits you got yourself your Captain Marvel and your uh, uh, what's his name Bruce Banner yeah in the end credits Uh, okay I want to get to what matters here in mid-July 2019 Marvel Studios begins testing actors in their 20s for the role of Shang-Chi including Louis Tan and Simu Liu Tan previously portrayed Zhu Chang in Iron Fist The studio was adamant that actors be of Chinese descent to audition for the character. Liu was considered earlier in the audition process, but was brought back in for a second audition when the creatives were finding it difficult to cast the role. Kind of like when they brought Harrison Ford in at the end to go, can you do Han Solo? You've been reading for the part the entire time. Yeah, really. So he kind of lucked himself into the role. And speaking of lucky getting a role, Aquafina who was the first actor cast for the film had chemistry tests with the potential actors and said, quote, it was apparent that Lou was Shang-Chi from the jump. Lou and Aquafina's castings were announced by Cretton and producer Feige at Marvel Studios, San Diego Comic-Con panel on July 20th, where the film's full title was announced to be Shang-Chi and the legend of 10 rings. And I wet myself because I thought, yay, we're finally getting the 10 rings we've been talking about for 10 times. Years, I remember this conversation. Yes, <laughs> Feige noted the Ten Rings organization's role throughout the MCU and said the Mandarin would be introduced in this film with Tony Lung in the role, and the entire country of China rejoices. Do you know anything about Tony Leung? Uh
1: I did a little research on him. Um, I haven't seen any of his other movies, if so, he has over. I just know that he credits. out of yeah. I just know out of in this movie alone he was clearly the most superior actor in
0: this entire movie. He, the guys, like, first of all, he's so accomplished that mm-hmm. when Simu Lu called his parents to say that he got the role of Shang-Chi, they, the first thing they said was you get to work with Tony Lung? Yeah. Like that's a huge deal. Uh, and he does. He, he feels the most accomplished in this movie. When he walks in a room, you can tell he has movie star presence. Well, He's, he has actor presence on a screen. Yes. Now, this was a movie, Steve, that was affected by the COVID-19 lockdowns. Phase four for Marvel was slated to release a lot differently than what we got. The original order was we were gonna get Black Widow, then The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Eternals, then WandaVision, then Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Loki, and Spider-Man No Way Home. But because of the COVID-19 issues and the fact that Sony wanted to dick around with Morbius and they own the Spider-Man property, so they want their shit out there as fast as possible, well, things got shuffled a little bit. Instead, they decided to just launch Disney Plus and do, let's do three TV shows, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Now, you and I talked about this. We By Loki, we were like, how do all three of these tie together? And when you look at the original order, you can kind of go, okay, I I like them leaving Loki for after Mar- uh, Multiverse of Madness.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, that definitely makes sense.
0: And then we did Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Doctor Strange. Now, the reason why they had to do Spider-Man No Way Home before Doctor Strange is because Sony dug their feet in with Morbius saying, we can't keep moving this property. So they were like fine, we'll just do we'll just rewrite some parts in Spider-Man No Way Home and then do Doctor Strange later. Mm-hmm. Which means they had to reshoot Strange also. So there's a lot of things that were I look at this as the pandemic phase because I think we'll look back at this in about two more phases going, yeah. I want to see what the original scripts were.
1: Yeah, the original order would is like is insane because it's like uh, it just gives Loki. I mean, I really liked Loki. That was probably, that's, I go, I still goes down as one of my favorites. Yeah. It's between that and WandaVision and where Loki fits right in there is absolutely perfect. It's almost like Black Widow, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Eternals, WandaVision, Shang-Chi, end. Yeah. and then the
0: multiverse phase
1: Begins
0: right, and what's funny is that when you look at those, it's movie, TV, movie, TV, movie. So you got a movie, and then you got yourself six weeks of the TV show, and then another movie. Whereas this was TV, TV, TV. Okay, let's do a movie. Wait three months. Movie. Wait three months. Movie. Wait three months. Movie. Three months, and it throws the whole thing off.
1: Understandably, I mean, it is what it is. You kind of had to make adjustments. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't do the original order. There's no way.
0: Nah, you couldn't. So, but Steve. It's time to dive into this motherfucker. All right. So here is a clip from the movie. We're not running from adulthood. How is it running to have jobs that you actually like? Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, did did you think valet parking is
1: easy? It's like the most challenging job ever. You need people skills, driving skills. Still can't even parallel park. (laughs) Well, it's almost midnight. We got the early shift, It's probably be responsible of sleep.
0: Yeah, we can be responsible. We can do that. Or. Oh, sorry. Under on a day. The film opens with the Legend of the Ten Rings, a mythical set of weapons that can give the wearer godlike powers. For centuries, the one holding the rings was a man named Zhu Wenwu, who used its powers for corrupt purposes. They blessed him with immortality and an unmatched power, allowing him to become a dominating conqueror a la Genghis Khan. He is seen wiping out a whole army by himself with the power of the rings. Wenwu later establishes his own organization, the... <laughs> Ten Rings, which influenced the course of history with them, taking over various kingdoms and governments. And I didn't write this in the notes, but when I was watching this, the first thought I had was the League of Shadows and Batman. Oh yeah, because weren't they involved in all the assassinations and they changed world they timelines and all that stuff? And I think, I think the Ten Rings is Marvel's version of the League of Shadows.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, League of Shadows is better, but
0: I gotta give it points for bravery here. They started the Marvel movie with a completely different language, and even though some people may find it jarring, at least we got ourselves some subtitles. <laughs> well, I,
1: I, I guess it's all relative. I've, I've learned that you need to watch a movie. Maybe it's just personally with me with subtitles. Yes. So to me, it was pretty seamless. Um, I've always liked these types of openings where it's like a lot of exposition out front. But Kate Blanchett and Anthony Hopkins, they did it better. Did they?
0: We did didn't they see they that at it. the beginning of that movie.
1: Anthony Hopkins did it in the beginning of Thor. And oh. Cate Blanchett did, it, did the exposition in the beginning of Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant when she was Hela and he was Odin and they were t- interspersing it throughout Ragnarok.
1: Okay, no, I would guess I was just talking about the Woo. that type of introduction.
0: Now, I see what you're saying now. For me, this reminds me of the Black Panther opening.
1: Oh yes, okay. It yep. was
0: very much like that. I like how it establishes the organization the same way. Uh, however, Black Panther kind of told you where the vibranium came from. Uh, this movie just says, hey, here's some rings. Nobody knows where they came from. Good luck. Yep, it's a MacGuffin. <laughs> it's not a MacGuffin. The passage to Talo is the MacGuffin. Tony Loon, we talked about him earlier. This is a very easy actor to watch. I love the way he's whipping the rings around.
1: Yeah, watching him wield the 10 rings and when he does that battle, like you say, it takes on a whole army. And it looked really great. Almost like Ivan Bonko, a.k.a. Whiplash.
0: Yes, yes. It looked very much the same way. There's only one part of the beginning where he takes on that whole army that I didn't like, which is that... He does one shot with the rings that puts a pathway straight to the fortress he's trying to get to. And the rest of the army just kind of stand by as he walks through. And I'm like, attack. There's thousands of you. They're like, just attack from behind. I mean, yeah. But then I don't know. I mean, when
1: he does come into battle, he does have that force field shield around him, you know?
0: Right. I was curious how they're going to make the rings work in this movie. And then when we see it here, you're like, oh, okay. All right, they can pretty much do everything. Yeah, I liked it. In 1996, Wenwu, not yet fully satisfied with his power, seeks out the village of Lo to find a mythical dragon and acquire its powers. When he makes it to the village's entrance, he encounters a woman named Ying Li, who guards the entrance of Lo. She and Wenwu engage in a fight where she displays her own impressive combat skills, but the two immediately begin to fall in love. They two have children, including a son, Shang-Chi, and Li gives her son an emerald pendant. What'd you think of, uh... This scene. Uh It was very
1: pretty, you know. Just the entrance. I again, at this time of the movie, everything's just so new. So I'm just trying to take everything in. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess you know, in 1996, I like how they kind of go through the timeline. You know, when in the beginning, thousands of years prior, 1996, he all of a sudden wants to look for this all-powerful dragon. What made him wait till that long? I mean, if this is like put him over the edge to the most powerful being in a the universe. And why wait all the way till then?
0: I, because he, he just found out
1: about it. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Cause he, he hands over a, a, a parchment to the guys talking to saying, yes, I have found this. And they're like, okay, we'll need some time. He goes, I want to go now.
1: Oh, <laughs> see, I thought this was always something that he's always wanted to do. And for just some reason now he's just now wanting to do it. Yeah. Because so.
0: Yeah, uh, I like the mysteriousness of the forest. I like the fact that it closes it up at certain points. In that car wreck, oh, 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 oh. that was almost Dr. Strange Rough. It wasn't quite there, but it was pretty rough looking.
1: Yeah, geez, Dr. Strange Rough is pretty, ugh.
0: I do like the yeah. fact that he takes his rings, though, and blasts himself out the door. It's
1: something that it's like having the eye of Akimoto always on you. You know, you can just kind of, your weapon is always right there. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I like it.
0: The fighting that they do. Uh, in this. I think it's, it looks very modern martial arts movie. I dig it. I, I find that stuff to be very, very smooth looking when it's done right. It reminds me of Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting on Mustafar. It looks choreographed, but they're so skilled they can anticipate each other's moves so well. And the fact that it slows down and you can see the woman anticipating his moves and just turning it on him right away.
1: Yeah, there's a scene in the movie where she's just I knew that she was more powerful than what it seemed. And it was a slow motion shot of her taking like the wind and like the leave debris and just staring at him as she goes by. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, you're in for a doozy here, buddy. Was it but, like, yeah.
0: Was it like in justice league when the flash is running around and he catches Superman's eyes looking at him and following him around Yeah, and you're yeah, like, Oh crap. Like flash is dead. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but no, you're right. I, the, the choreograph was, was absolutely great. That's one of my favorite points of this whole movie. Yeah, I just knew that at this point, it, this is going to be an amazing. And I know I've said earlier, I wasn't into that whole Kung Fu type mystique about films, but this was starting to change my mind. It was just really smooth and very well done. You can tell that they took a lot of time and training into these fighting styles to be perfect. Just like how you said, how Hayden and you and uh, they, they spent a lot of time
0: doing that. Apparently they took 10 months to train just for the bus scene in this. I believe it. When she intercepts the rings, I was like, yeah, we'll see Shang-Chi do that later. (laughs) He's going to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I bet we see Sonic do that later. (laughs) Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. I said, oh, this is Sonic the Hedgehog with those
0: rings. (laughs) And I do think it's a cool thing to see the mom telling Shang-Chi the story, because it feels just like another piece of fiction a parent would tell their kid, like, oh, you want to hear a story? Here's a cute little story. And then you find out everything she says in the story is real in the very end. Yeah. Uh, this is very Harry Potter esque in that you have an unassuming hero who's heard a bunch of things and now it's all freaking real.
1: Ah, that's very true. Yep.
0: In the present, (laughs) Shang-Chi lives in San Francisco and goes by Sean. He receives a mysterious postcard with an image of a dragon on it. He works as a valet with his best friend, Katie Chen. The two are content with their lives, but their friends, John and Sue, as well as Katie's parents, make them feel like they're wasting their lives and their potential. Shang-Chi and Katie continue to hang out on their own and get drunk at a karaoke bar. Solid soundtrack.
1: (laughs) Did you like Aquafina?
0: I hate introduction Awkwafina. to this? I hate her. What? Oh, I hate come her. on. Here's the thing. I think she's written as a really good pairing for Shang-Chi. But I can't stand her as an actress. I think she walks like an 80-year-old geriatric. I think her voice sounds like she had a pack of smoke before she got on set. I don't see anything athletic about her to make me believe she's going to be able to fire an arrow dead onto a dragon later. Uh... She's the comic relief in this. So do you really hate the actress, Aquafina, or the character? Because I feel like those are I all hate character the act- points. I hate the actress. and But here's the thing. The actress has to embody the character, and the character has to be the actress. If you were to go out there and make a movie, and the movie is you winning the Olympics for the 100-meter-yard sprint, no one would f***ing believe it. I mean, it's not about... I mean, I have a lot of momentum. Stop it right now. No <laughs> one would believe that. You're not built like Usain Bolt. So, Yeah. I don't like her. How about you? Uh,
1: I think she's great. <laughs> <laughs> annoying for sure. But I think without that annoying sidekick, it would I just think it'd be really, really lame. She's the comic relief distraction, annoyingness, say what you will, with all the CGI pro- problems and the fighting logic that go on. I think that, especially in Marvel movies now, we're almost accustomed to seeing those, those jokes, whether they're forced or they're not, or that, that comic relief, I shouldn't say jokes, that comic relief. Yeah. And I think if she's not like that, I think it'd be a really, I don't know if we would even, I think we'd like it less than what we do right now.
0: Well, I'll say this. I, I, the delivery of her lines, 95% of the time is fantastic. She knows how to tell the joke. She knows how to mug for the camera at the right time. But then there's that 5% where she walks across a hallway and it's like, oh my gosh, you look like an 80-year-old man looking for a soup in a restaurant.
1: She is perfect for the MCU. Now, young Skywalker,
0: you will die. Asian Jeff Gordon. I guess <laughs> Asians can drive. That Take that stereotypes. <laughs> well, First of all, well, where did she learn how to drive like this? <laughs> Well,
1: she's driving reckless. I mean. But she's not hitting she, anything. Oh, Does that mean
0: she's driving well? She's not hitting anything.
1: That's she cuts people off and does ex, doesn't signal when blasting through lanes. Uh, like I said, there's no spins accidents. Spins out in the middle you, of an intersection. Yeah. But does that make you a good driver <laughs> if she, you're doing all that?
0: Did she hit anything?
1: Okay. So if you're driving along. Yeah. Uh, you're going down the road and I all of a sudden pull out and. Not look, and I get right in front of you, and I don't hit you. Am I a good driver?
0: Well, did you get a ticket? No. Okay. Here's a question for you. On the other side of it, your hey. wife goes out. Your wife every day goes out driving. Every day comes back, and uh, there's no accident. The car is fine. Is she a good driver? I don't know. I'm not with her. So you can't say she's not a good driver. You can't say she's a bad driver, right? Uh, I can see what she's doing. There's she's... no evidence of being a bad driver. Yes, I guess there is. She's going in and out of lanes. Ah, you said you didn't know what you.
1: You said you didn't know what she was doing. Oh, my wife? Yes, yes, of course. But this, I can see where,
0: how she's driving. <laughs> she's driving reckless. Uh, okay, fine. So Sean and Katie are losers. Sue is not wrong about this, but I also don't buy that Aquafina has these advanced degrees. She, her personality does not dictate that she has these advanced degrees. It's a new generation.
1: They want to experience their life now it's it's the new school mentality you know yeah. we live in an age where they want instant gratification they don't want to wait through the commercials they want their money and they want it now yolo sure, god <laughs> you know they don't want to have to go through the process of getting a job and doing this i mean they probably they, they went to school probably because they felt like they had to yeah. but how well did they do? I don't know. They, we just know that they have degrees. They could have just done the minimum they, to do just to get by, get your degree. Granted, they did say it was, what, at Berkeley or something like that?
0: It's something like that, yeah.
1: Some esteemed, you know, place where it could be one of those students where just school comes very easy for them, but that's not what they want to do. They want to go out and live life now. They don't want to have to wait for it. And she says that.
0: Yeah. But isn't that what all people say when they've really hit rock bottom? They just excuse it that way.
1: I guess it's all relative. Yeah.
0: We get this line. He's like, ah, we got to go home. It's getting late. We got the early shift. And she goes, yeah, we could be responsible and do that. Or. Yeah, that's a thing. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) It's a thing if you do it one more time in the movie. Because it shows you that Katie's the person that's going to drag Sean to do things eventually. And then eventually he does it on his own. But we don't get this again until the post credit scene or the mid credit scene when they're with Wong and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And Aquafina's kind of like, Oh, I don't right. know. And he goes, well, we could do this or, and they go karaoke again. I was like, you should have had it somewhere in the middle again.
1: Yeah. Maybe when they're in rule of three about to do, about to do the fight. Yeah. You know, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this, blah, 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 or.
0: And then you see a montage of you know. them all like weaponing up and all that crap.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's the first thing that came to mind.
0: The next day, Shang-Chi and Katie board a bus when they are approached by a man demanding that Shang-Chi give him the pendant that he still wears around his neck. As he manages to hold his own against them, and damn does he ever, Katie is forced to take over the wheel after the bus driver is knocked unconscious because she can drive anything. After Sean throws his attackers off the bus, Razor Fist emerges and attempts to kill him with his machete limb. While Sean escapes unharmed, the assassin, working for the Ten Rings, oops, he sees the pendant along the way. Couple things. The guy that's live streaming the event on the bus.
1: That's just my. We watched this the other night. My wife was just like laughing hysterically.
0: I've had a year.
1: That's what happened now.
0: I've had a year of martial arts training, so I'm going to grade this. (laughs) But he's also the same guy from Spider Man Homecoming who says, Hey, Spider Man, do a flip.
1: Oh, that's cool. I guess I didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah, it's the same guy. Uh, This scene is fucking bananas. It is so hard to believe that the only CGI beyond the fire machete arm was the outdoors. Everything Simulu does, fighting wise and parkour inside that bus, is real.
1: Yeah, there were some bad CGI shots. That one where I, I don't know if it's where the bus kind of opens up and you could see the outside. Yes. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It's I like, do. Something screwy here. <laughs> there
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, that's where I kind of like, okay. And I mean,
0: I you don't. Know, when he's on top honestly. of the bus also, when he's on top of the bus, you can tell there's parts of the, the background that's not making sense to what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yet. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little off. And when I can, when I can spot that, I mean, I don't feel like I have the greatest eyes when it comes to that. You tend to now unconsciously look for it. If yes. that makes any sense.
0: No, you do. Cause there's another shot also when Razor Fist goes to stab Shang-Chi before he talks about his sister, the razor should have gone through the glass of the window because the glass of the window is on this one is still there. You see the reflection of it and it just kind of phantoms through it. And it, it reminds me a lot of the stuff that I saw in the last Jedi with the uh, Praetorian guard thing where the knife just disappears. All of a sudden as Ray is fighting, you're like, that's it. What? No, uh-uh. not happening.
1: Yeah. I tried to look for that scene the second time. Yeah. Um, because I remember you mentioned it and I, I guess I couldn't find it. So
0: yeah, it's right before he says something about his sister, like, and we're gonna get your sister too. Oh, okay. He, yeah, and yes, we have buses like that here in Nashville with the partition.
1: Really? It's big city. Of, like, like I, I've never seen anything like that. It just seems it's super impractical. Like that bus should have ripped in half prior to. I've never.
0: I, I think it, I think it makes it easier for it to turn as a large vehicle because you don't have to, you don't have to make big ass. It's tur- like a train. Very, like it
1: belongs. It belongs yeah. on rails, but I mean, at a high speed like that, yeah. would that bus hold up?
0: Pro, well, who knows? We don't see him going at high speed ever. So, <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's it's. I can understand why you wouldn't see them where you live. It's not a big city. We have a big city here. We have a mass trans, transit transit uh, organization here, and that's one of the things. The we go and that
1: Nashville is a little bit bigger than Cape Coral. A little bit. So, I'll give you that smidgen. <laughs>
0: Uh, Katie begins to ask Shang-Chi questions about who he really is. He reveals to her that he has a sister, Xialing, whom he was separated from after he left his father. Shang-Chi shows Katie the postcard he was sent and believes it's from Xialing. They board a plane to Macau to find her, where Shang-Chi explains the training he went through under the Ten Rings. But as he realized that his father wanted him to become a killer, he chose to abandon his father's teachings and escaped to America. His family has never come up who was he staying with when he came here and was going to school with Katie? Nobody. He was on his own. We I, I work in schools.
1: You can't just have a kid show up with no parents and all. They just go, oh, I'm here. Oh, I mean, if he went to school, I'm sure he, you know, got the necessary. For, I mean, his dad's most powerful being in the whole entire world. You know, I, I, it would be tough. But he said it before. I says, I always know where my kids are. You know, you don't think he probably took care of anything financially? I mean, oh, is this really story relevant. <laughs> um, and I mean, no, it's a nitpick because I'm sitting there thinking about it and it pops in my head. Yeah, I mean, come on, he's where he's living at school. He went room and board. That's taken care of.
0: It's a it's... public school.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got a room and board there.
0: What? No, they. they no, no, they don't. At a public school, where's the room and board? The dorms. A public, not a private school, a public school. We work in public schools. Do you have dorms on your property?
1: Oh, uh, you're talking about, okay. So I'm thinking college, sorry.
0: No, he was 16 when this happened. He met Katie in high school.
1: I, oh.
0: No, it it doesn't matter. He's probably living with Katie. (sighs) They've known each other for half their life. Uh, Tell me about Katie. Tell me what you like about this bitch. She
1: <laughs> bites your tongue. <laughs> Katie is a, and I have this in all caps, a great representation of the audience watching the movie. Maybe it's just me. No, but I agree. I connected with her because she, when he starts fighting on the bus, all of a sudden, it's just, you've known this person your whole life. You know all this stuff. And all of a sudden, he's this martial arts master. And you just see her face. looks like, what the... Like, what yeah. is going on? I started to check out at that time because it was just a massive turning character. It probably is the biggest problem I had with this. Initially, when I saw this, that I didn't like the movie going off because it's like, I felt I felt stupid because did I, did I miss something? I, it's just for such a huge turning character like that, it's like, I I wasn't expecting that.
0: So just the fact that he explains it later on that he was trained and that when he left, he left that behind, does that make up for this part right here? Because you realize he was suppressing it like Obi-Wan suppressed the force?
1: Yes, yes, it did. Then the second viewing, I... I I totally get that. And I respected it a little bit more, but like I said, it was just me initially, even after they explained it, I think I already checked my brain off. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I I literally didn't know. Like everything that I was coming at me was from left field for almost the rest of the movie. But I just, how she comprehends or takes everything in how she digests it is the same exact way the audience members, I think. How they do. That's why I think she's there to prove to the audience, like, okay, I'm not the only crazy one that doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on too. I mean, yeah, that's just how I took it. That's why I really
0: like her. No, I agree. I agree. Again, I have a love hate relationship with Katie. <laughs> I think Katie, I think you're spot on. Katie is the audience in this and everything she says, we're all thinking the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of Kingo in eternals. He's saying all the shit that we would be saying right then and there. Yes. Yeah. The dagger on the rope. It is so cool looking. And immediately I was like, okay, how CGI is this? And I went online. I looked up YouTube videos of people actually doing it. That's how it looks. It's that damn smooth. it, it It's so smooth. It looks fake. The only shots that I think are actually faked out though, are the ones that go straight at the camera.
1: That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah.
0: Those okay. ones are the CGI ones, but the rest of them, that's a haul. That's all work done. The beef or vegetarian joke. Why are you here? We don't need you. He's telling us you're breaking up. the. During the second
1: viewing, I wasn't even paying attention to that joke. <laughs> it went in one air right out the other. It's like, I don't need to like, I think I grabbed for a water at that time. It's like, I don't really care. This is
0: impressive. I have more nitpicks than you. I'm sure you're great. will be higher. <laughs> and then of course we have the Sean to Sean. Good point, Katie. Very good point. That was funny. That That's was funny. Good damn good point. I wish you hadn't stolen the forty year old Virgin's Gina, but good point.
1: <laughs> didn't think about that, and I was just about to bring that up. Yep. <laughs>
0: After landing in Macau, Shang-Chi and Katie locate the address of the postcard, finding the Golden Daggers Club run by John John. However, as Shang-Chi has signed a form when he first entered the building, he unknowingly had placed his name in for a fight on the grand stage. They witness Wong battling Emil Blonsky, the Abomination. Wong beats his opponent by creating a portal that causes Abomination to punch himself in the face and knock himself out.
1: That's so great. I forgot about it the second time I watched it. I'm like... That's it made me love Wong even more.
0: I do like certain things that are said, like all good. I speak ABC. (laughs) Again, it's
1: those little quips right there that I forgot about the first time that I like, I laughed the first time I saw it and then they says it again. I was like, Oh dang, that's good.
0: Yeah. Now this fight club is pretty cool looking. It's a shame. There's not enough Easter eggs in this because I feel it's another spot where you'd be like, okay, let's load this up. And you get one, which is you see a widow and an extremist soldier fighting. Mm -hmm. But there's another one I wish they would just acknowledge, which is you see this massive sumo wrestler fighting a guy in white robes. And I'm like, could that be E. Honda and Ryu from Street Fighter? Yes. It It should be. Just acknowledge it, damn it.
1: (laughs) You don't need to acknowledge it. What (laughs) other sentient beings would be there that are not that? (laughs) I
0: mean, give me a, like, as they pass it, you see him, he, like throw the guy against, he's see the sumo wrestler, throw the guy against the wall and they keep walking by and right behind it, you should have heard a Hadukin! and then a blue light just kind of emanated a little bit. You'd be like, oh.
1: I remember seeing the sumo wrestler, but I guess I didn't pay attention to the guy if he was wearing a white robe
0: or not. He was. And I know that's an I wish, but I don't care. What the hell are Wong and Abomination doing here? Like, why are they... Why are they here together? Do you okay? Well, those two together,
1: yes, no idea. I'll tell you, it was, um, it was a random mix of characters to see of two different characters that you would have never thought would cross paths. Yes, do you feel like they had to do that to make it a Marvel connection? I mean, if those two weren't there and it was just some big guy and somebody else. Could you tell if this was a Marvel movie or not?
0: The only thing I could say is Sue mentions that, you know, half the planet can just go away in a second nowadays. You got to live with your. She says that. She acknowledges uh, it. Okay, okay. As Katie spectates, Shang-Chi faces a new opponent, a woman whom he immediately recognizes as Xia Ling. Shang-Chi refuses to fight and attempts to inform her about their father's impending arrival, but he is knocked out. There is so much I love about this fight scene: one, him walking out without a shirt on. And. This kind of goes in line with the idea that every Marvel hero has to have their shirt off at some point. But Katie gives him a look like, damn. And then when he looks down, she goes, what happened to your shirt? And kind of points at herself like this. And he, he stands like, I don't know. I don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's so... In the very beginning, you can tell that they're, they're just great friends. They've been with each other for a long time. And then, you know, the grandma asks that question, hey, when are you when are you guys getting married? And then Shang-Chi just kind of rubs it off.
0: But yeah. this is like, I think, the first time. <laughs>
1: That'll be a sound you know, bite. <laughs> you know, you work at a middle school. Um, <laughs> but when she kind of, yeah, gives them that look, that's like the first time that she's, I feel like maybe she's looked at him in that light. And then as the movie goes on, you kind of see them get more of a touchy relationship. Have you seen my
0: Lena? (laughs) 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 Okay. Also one other thing about Wong and Abomination, when they leave the Golden Daggers Club, the portal leads to where Emil Blonsky is being held in She-Hulk. Does that mean I have to watch that now? It means it's linked to it. Whether or not <sighs> it's required watching is up to you. Xia Ling. She's a badass.
1: <laughs> she is a badass, and she's she's hot. I'm you, sorry. I gotta you, go out and say it right
0: there because she's, well, she's Do you know who they approached originally for that role? No idea. Jessica Henwick. She was Colleen Wing in Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, but she, and she had a choice between this and another property, and she chose the other property because she was like, if they ever bring Colleen Wing back, I want to be yeah. able to play her. Well, yeah. the other property was Matrix Resurrections. Oh, that was pretty decent. You heard wrong. <laughs>
1: uh, I, don't, I never got past the second one. Colleen
0: Wing ain't ever coming back. She missed her shot because I think she would have been just as good in this spot also.
1: Never say never. You bite your tongue. They're going to link all these MFers.
0: The only thing, the only thing I would say is that the girl who plays Xiaoling in this, I feel, is a better actress than Colleen Wing is for what she's supposed to be. Colleen, the Jessica Henwick would play a great sister to Shang Chi if that sister grew up in San Francisco, yeah. but she didn't. And so I love the way that this one plays. That she's very stoic. She's got that. Damn, you, you kicked. You know, you left me. You know, and we get the flashback uh-huh. of Shang-Chi and Shaoling the night he leaves and promises to be back. And that is something definitely that this movie does better than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel just told you things about the character. This one actually shows it to you in flashbacks. And I appreciate that. That sounds like
1: fighting words right
0: there. No fighting words. <laughs> just one is clearly superior than the other when it comes to storytelling. <laughs> clearly. Um, okay. Xiaoling, embittered at her brother for abandoning her when he fled for San Francisco, reveals that she was not the one who sent the postcard. <gasps> The Ten Rings, led by Death Dealer, infiltrate the club searching for Shaoling's pendant. Shang Chi and Katie are left by themselves when Shaoling deserts them for the elevator. They attempt to scale the scaffolding outside to reach another elevator, but the terrorists attack them there. Shang Chi fails to catch Katie when she begins to fall, but Shaoling saves her. First of all, Katie bet against Sean. We'll start with that. Katie bet against Sean. <laughs>
1: See, that's great. I love that. That's just... I love that, your pants. I would totally picture for her to do that.
0: I love your pants. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's like my sister's talking to one of my best friends. What, what the hell's kind of going on here type look? You know? Yes. And they're hitting it off just fine. The, okay. You do mention the martial arts in this movie.
0: It's fucking crazy.
1: This is by far the best martial arts that I've seen. Actually, I don't know if it's actually this part, this is scaffold. I think it comes after this. Um, when he plays Death Dealer, which who the heck who the heck is that? But that's not even the problem I have with this. Oh. I hate the scaffolding scene. Go ahead. There is no effing way any normal person would be out there. Shang-Chi, or his sister, I can't pronounce her name, and the rest of the Foot Clan, the Hand, the Ten Rings organization, I can give them a pass because they're fearless warriors. But there's no effing way for Katie to have the brass balls to go out there, especially on a bamboo (laughs) pillar that is about to snap. There's no way. Take me as a prisoner instead. I feel like that's better off.
0: That was a beautiful rant. So let me address a couple things. One, Here, Death Dealer. This is where you pick
1: it apart. Death okay. Dealer.
0: Okay. Why? How do we know his name is Death Dealer? Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how do we know Scarlet Witch was the Scarlet Witch?
1: Did somebody else call her the Scarlet Witch?
0: Not until
1: Wandavision. Not until Wandavision.
0: Yeah. But okay. We always called her Scarlet Witch. She's never. Did. The world did. Did they? Yeah. Is it in the credits? No.
1: Well, then I, then I got to go based on that. Oh, for f- sake, Wanda okay. Maximoff is what she's been called. But if she was in the credits as the Scarlet she was Witch,
0: not. she never was. Okay. Yeah. But we all knew Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch. If Bruce Wayne showed up, you'd be like, "Well, we don't know he's Batman. He's not Batman in the credits." <laughs> <laughs>
1: But we did know it because we would <laughs> see it on camera. When you see Bruce Wayne looking at all of his gadgets in the Bat Cave, you know, doing all the Batman stuff, it's well, just, just putting two and two together there.
0: So, what you're yeah. saying is that Death Dealer could very well just be another Ralph Boner. I, uh, I just, I mean, I don't care that he's
1: you know Death Dealer. I just is like. I just saw that his name was on there. I was like, "Well, how do? Well, who, who the heck is Death Dealer?" When you said that, I was like, "Who the heck is Death Dealer?" Yeah,
0: he's the and guy with the mask. I
1: did my, I, I put it in the, you know, I, I did the Google, and, that, and then that face pop, I was like, "Oh, okay, I got you now." Mm-hmm. But it's just like, was it? Did he ever like? Why I didn't?
0: Well, he helped train him. He was training him at the beginning, also when he was a kid. <clears throat>
1: uh, he just seems like no different than he's the martial arts version of the Winter Soldier, Razor Fist. Of Razor Fist.
0: No. Um, Okay, now the scaffolding set piece. This is one Uh, of my favorites. uh, But I gotta agree with you. Katie's ass would have fallen. That's just some movie magic right there. That's all that is. Okay. But here's my problem with it it's not so much she's hanging on the bamboo, it's not even the fact that the bamboo goes to a 90 degree angle and nearly snaps, it's not even the fact that it snaps. It's not even the fact that she falls, some, I would say 12, 13, 14 stories before she's caught. It's the fact that she is caught by someone who is not a superhero. Shaolin. Probably. Yeah. By her legs. She uses her legs to catch Katie. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's my problem with it. But. This leads to another issue I have, which is Sha Ling appears just to be as competent as Shang-Chi. What exactly is making this Shang-Chi a Shang-Chi movie? We don't know. If everyone in his family is extraordinary, then what makes him extraordinary?
1: Yeah, they seem like equals in terms of everything and anything that they can do.
0: That being said, we see the Death Dealer... We'll we'll just call him masked man for you, appears to snatch Sha Ling's pendant, prompting Shang-Chi to give chase and fight him. Shang-Chi prepares to kill his mentor, recalling his harsh treatment during his childhood training. However, Shang-Chi is stopped by Wenwu, who has already captured Sha Ling and Katie. And the hand-to-hand combat between Death Dealer and Shang-Chi, you mentioned a second ago, I think it's the best that we've seen since Captain America versus the Winter Soldier.
1: Absolutely 110% agreed. Uh, in my opinion, you can flip a coin on which one would be number one or number two. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. And I don't think they used any or very little CGI during that scene. That is all pure, raw, awesome. Yeah. the only,
0: I give the edge to Winter Soldier just because there was more emotion behind that one. I don't know. I don't exactly know the relationship between Shang-Chi and Death Dealer outside of the fact that Death Dealer was training him as a kid.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Steve Rogers and the Bucky fight. Yeah. Um,
0: where he's dropping, or the, Captain where he's dropping the knife.
1: <laughs> yeah. That it's more personal. Yeah. But did we know that it was buck? Did, did the audience know that winter soldier was Bucky?
0: I mean, we knew because we knew who the winter soldier was outside of the movie. Uh, but I think it's after that scene, he knocks this mask off and then he sees it's Bucky.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I still. Okay. So I'll give that the edge to Captain America Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, that's um, okay. We'll regrade that one too someday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the pennant number two yes. is taken very easily, just like the first. Must be taking notes
0: on the defense from the New York Sanctum in Doctor Strange. Still Ron being wrong, huh? <laughs> still, I mean. You, you, we we just watched multiverse of madness it took the most powerful being on the planet to get through the 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 uh kamartage fortress and even then she needed some pretty wicked ass magic to do it
1: that was kamartage though and that was a lot more of um an army you know they didn't have that at the new York sanctum they didn't need it I've already said just, my piece of I know. the
0: movie. Hey, I'm just going to say this. At no point, at no point is the time stone ever taken. It has to be given. Hallelujah. Anything else you
1: know, here? Yeah. I mean, when Wenwu comes in. Yeah. First off, do we know his name is Wenwu yet? Well, I don't think we, no, we know that. And until the dinner,
0: don't they say at the very beginning in the in the uh, narration? That's why. I,
1: that's why I'm asking because I, I didn't it, really get.
0: The, I, I didn't said... get
1: that his name was Wenwu until he says it. Like you know, oh, what's your chi- Chinese name? Yes, he says that to Katie. So I didn't think I, I never heard that. So I just didn't want to like you know be assuming that that's his name when we haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. And was... what he was referred to before that?
0: He was yeah, Zhu and Wu.
1: Okay, so. Daddy still commands that fear of God parenting. I mean, in this case, it's literal because he's a God. Um, When your dad is a God, you listen. And I'm talking to you, Thor and Loki. Hail to the king, baby. (laughs) True like that. (laughs) He comes in there and everything just stops. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I feel like my dad just walked in.
0: And does he have the rings on at that point?
1: You know what I I think so yeah because yeah. I think whenever he's outside of his home he has the rings on. Granted, I think what we see later that he put the rings in a case and put them away because that's that's not the life he wanted to. Yeah, and then his wife passes. He um, I think after that he always has them on because he knew he screwed up. So I'm assuming he does have them.
0: Everyone arrives at the Ten Rings compound, where Wenwu provides his children and Katie with dinner. He wants Shang-Chi to take his place as his successor to lead the Ten Rings, but Shang-Chi wants nothing to do with his father's legacy. Wenwu also mentions the fake Mandarin character from America that falsely represented him and his organization. He talks about Li and how everything in his life changed for him after they met, and how lost he felt when she died. Desperate to bring her back, he learned of a gate in the mountains of Ta Lo, where he believes Li is trapped and must be set free, as he claims he can hear her voice calling out to him. Wen Wu takes Shang Chi and Xia Ling's pendants and places them in the eyes of a dragon statue, activating some kind of water map for him to enter Ta Lo. After Wen Wu expresses his plan to invade Ta Lo, rescue his wife, and burn it to the ground, Shang Chi vocally objects and his father just lays his ass out on the ground before imprisoning him, Katie. And Zhao Ling. Um, when Zhao Ling is explaining her backstory to Katie, I'm beginning to think they're building her character up to be a force for many movies to come. She is not here to serve Shang Chi's story; she's here to serve her own.
1: I can didn't think about that at the time, but now that you know you say that out loud, I can totally see that. And I feel like that's the direction that the MCU is going as well, so it doesn't surprise me.
0: Would it surprise you that the MCU is going to try to parallel Sha Ling and Shang Chi's relationship, like Luke and Leia? For them, this is their Luke and Leia.
1: Ah, uh, that in, would surprise not me. Not by but their the-
0: important, not in their importance to the universe, but the archetypes that they are. They come from somebody who was good, ultimately turned to evil, redeemed himself. Here are the twins, if you will. And they're going to go on separate journeys.
1: Yes. Okay. When you say it like that. Yes.
0: Yeah. I do like the fake Mandarin story. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I give Tony Lung props. He does sell. He goes, named it after an orange. (laughs) And he says it's so deadpan. I'm just like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, it's f***ing ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't show a whole lot of emotion at all in this film.
0: Okay. I, so. I, I saw bits and pieces here and there when he's hearing his wife, his eyes are watering. That's mm-hmm. the only time I can remember him. I mean, Marvel continues to get us to sympathize with the villains. That's their big deal. DC, you hate the villains no matter what. Marvel, you always kind of go, eh. I can kind of see his point.
1: <laughs> and I think that's what makes a villain even more dangerous. Yeah. When you turn the audience is like, ah, it makes sense.
0: <laughs> and I'm trying to think back. I th- I think this is the first villain we've ever had who's driven by love. I can't think of another one that we've had because he's blinded by that.
1: I guess I'd ha- I guess I'd have to go back and look at all my villains I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to say that possessively.
0: They're usually, they're usually all motivated by greed or power or something like that. But in this case, he just wants his wife back.
1: Well, if they're driven by a lust for power, is that a love for power?
0: No, that's not the same thing. I mean, with another human being.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, love is very is is a very vague interpretive thing. So it'll make
0: you do weird things.
1: It, it's
0: uh, the water effect that we see when the pendants are placed and the dragon's eyes are really cool. I like those.
1: That is by far the best CGI in the whole, in the whole movie. Yeah. I love that scene. That was really cool.
0: And to go with the theme of them turning stuff on a dime, when Wu just shows himself right away when Shang-Chi's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. And he just lays his kid out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, you, you understand his mentality but he's still a villain because he's willing to put his family, if his family, his kid, old kids get in his way, he's going to defeat them. Now, this is your
0: kids. Yeah. His estranged yeah. kids. And he's going like, I just want my wife back. And this is a smart move afterwards because after he lays them out and they get taken away, they show Wen Wu by himself. And you actually hear his wife's voice talking to him and you see his look on his face. And we know he ain't pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. This is legitimate for him. And yeah. that's, that's what makes me sympathize with the guy. Because if my, if I was married for a long time, had this beautiful life. And then she was, she, she was killed by stuff that happened to me before I even had my children.
1: Yeah. And I think he, that doesn't, it, it happens again, but at the end of the movie where Shang Chi actually hears the voice as well. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, oh, okay, my dad's not as crazy as he really was as, yeah.
0: as I thought he was. Uh, And now we get to the audience clapping out loud moment. They eventually meet an imprisoned Trevor Slattery and his Dijing pet Morris, who reveals there's a way to pass through Talos Forest Maze without waiting for the clear path to be revealed. Using an escape route discovered by Ling, the party infiltrates the garage. After hijacking Razor Fist's car, they fight off the Ten Rings and flee from the compound. Katie, this is my favorite line Katie says. Pretty confused right now, because initially I thought your dad should definitely see a therapist for his delusions, but then that dragon vomited a magical water map, and now I have no idea what's real.
1: That is a a MCU line. (laughs) Like, it's becoming that noticeable, where you now can pick apart the script and say, you know what? That doesn't belong anywhere else besides the MCU. And if anybody else does it, they're copying them, and it doesn't belong. It feels forced. It's like an, if the it, MCU does it; it, me, it it makes sense.
0: It's like an Age of Ultron when Hawkeye says, "the the city is levitating. There's robots everywhere. I got a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, it's just. It's, she's a great representation of the audience. The yes. audience has been on this roller coaster of action. And this is the pause in the movie that where we can all stop and realize what the heck we just saw over the last thirty to forty minutes. Yeah. And she says everything that what we're
0: thinking. When you saw Trevor, what did you think?
1: Well, at first I hear they hear like this grungling of a beast somewhere down the <laughs> down this cave, and like and Katie goes, Wait you hear that and you're going towards it. (laughs) And again, another MCU quote. And then the closer they get there, the more the voice starts getting clear. And then I first heard that. I was like, is that who I think it is? (laughs) And then he turns around and says, that's Ben Kingsley. He only does. I'm like, it's Trevor. It's Trevor. I was like, this is, I propped up in my seat a little bit. This is, Okay. They're recognizing we're going back to iron man three. This is great.
0: It was fantastic. And I love the fact that when Morris comes out, who's by the way, is clearly here to sell pillows to teenagers, uh, Morris yeah. comes out and they're all going to go, what? And he goes, Oh, thank God. You can see it too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that
1: he's better comic relief than, than Katie. I'll give you that.
0: It's um, a different but, comic relief. You needed something else in there because you weren't going to give any of the funny lines to Shang Chi for some reason.
1: No, no. But that wouldn't fit his character. If Shang-Chi's to start putting out all that, would that fit him?
0: Yeah. It, well, uh, maybe it would. I mean, I it's one more person taking the spotlight off of Shang-Chi's personality.
1: You saw this in the theater. Yeah. Did you Did you see it when it came out? Yeah. Like that weekend? Mm-hmm. Was there an audience reaction when Trevor was on Absolutely.
0: the screen? <laughs> Absolutely. It was laughter and like mixed applause. They were kind of like, yeah.
1: Oh, that's great. It was
0: fantastic. And that I will give, and I know it's formulaic, but Marvel knows how to, they know how to give a guy an entrance. You look at the Spider-Man movies, you know, Garfield shows up. We we, we saw that coming. Garfield, we we all knew it was coming, but Garfield shows up and there's an actual pause before he says a word, almost like this is where you applause and now I'll start.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is, that, that, that is true. I mean, When I saw it, I was like, they opened up that portal. I was like, that's, that's one of them.
0: Yep. On their path, the forest attempts to eat the group as they drive through it, but they manage to make it to Talo safely. Thanks to Morris and Trevor. And this is when we get the famous planet of the apes story. This is the greatest story in all of phase four of the MCU.
1: Before you start this, it's like (laughs) in the beginning, when he says it, it feels like he's like, this isn't his character. He right. feels like he's giving like an honest, deep-hearted thing. But go ahead, you got to listen to
0: it. The first time I witnessed pure artistry, 1968, Planet of the Apes. I was sitting in a cinema next to my mum, watching mastery unfold before my very eyes. After the film, I asked her, "How did they get those monkeys to do those things?" And she patted me on the head and she said, "It's not real, pet. It's just acting." And that's when I knew, if they can teach those monkeys to act. <laughs> I mean, it's all believable up until that line. If they can teach those monkeys to act that brilliantly, just imagine what I could bring to the world. (laughs) Like, it's so serious right to that point. You're just like, God damn it. Marvel, you win again. I mean, it just further implements that this guy's an idiot. (laughs) So great. I'm crying. (laughs) Um, Okay. I really like the visuals of the forest, but I dislike the way the directions are handled and the speed they have to turn with because it doesn't seem likely that they would turn the exact way at the exact same time every single time. Now, if they explain that Katie has some sort of connection to the mythical animals or City of Talo, okay. But they don't do that in this movie. It's just like... Morris says, turn left. Oh, okay, and it just happens to be the exact moment she turns left. If she's going at that speed, that's a pretty big range of space
1: right there to turn a car. I mean, unless Morris is accounting for that, I mean...
0: Well, it's it's an issue I have that. with most car chases. Like, when they do car chases through city streets, and they're like, turn right here! And it's like, Ooh. "Did you like all oh, those Pokemon? Do you like all the Pokemon you saw? <laughs> I mean,
1: I was never into Pokemon, but I... <laughs> You don't need to to understand that comment.
0: They did take all of those animals from different places in Chinese lore.
1: Yeah, I just when I first saw Tao Lo, I was like, uh, "This movie's going where? I uh, okay, let's. Uh, I'll keep hanging on here. This is getting a little wild. This That's is this- literally what I was thinking of."
0: I kept thinking to myself the same thing, which is, you know, when they told me Thor was going to get a movie and that we're going to go to Asgard, okay. Oh, uh, fine. And they sold me on it. Okie dokie, I'll buy into that there's nine realms. Okay. Then they decided, hey, Black Panther's going to tell you that there's an entire country that's completely masked from the entire world you didn't know about in Wakanda. Uh, okay, I guess. Sure, maybe I'll suspend my belief. But now we're in Talo, a place you can only get to uh, through a magical forest where there are animals that no one believes actually exists living in. And it's not like it's got a force field above it. You can see this shit from space, I'm sure. This is where I kind of go, nah, no, no. At least Wakanda had a force field or something to explain why you couldn't see it from space. Mm -hmm. There's a goddamn dragon, a goddamn dragon. Well, it's hiding in the water. There is a massive wall covered in dragon scales on a mountain cliff. From a
1: distance. Whenever I say that, I think of Bette Midler.
0: Um, (laughs) (sighs) It's too much for me at this point. Like, make something metaphorical.
1: Oh, no, I, 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 damn it. I, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but I just can't because I agree with you too much. <laughs> like I try to find some silver lining as, as well, you could think of it. as it, No, I just, the only thing, I mean, is it, did they go through a portal to another
0: universe? Well, let's talk about that, Steve, because we're about to get some information that's just totally glossed over. Among Go the inhabitants are other mythical beasts like shishi lions and it also where Morris originates from as he is known as a hundun. When confronted by the villagers, the group is met by their leader, Ying Nan, who was Li's sister and therefore the aunt of shang in and Xialing. Nan explains to them, plus Katie and Trevor, that they guard the Dark Gate, where the Dweller in Darkness lives. It's a soul-sucking monster whose army previously slaughtered thousands. Before they could make their way into the outside world, the warriors of Talo fought back alongside the Dragon Guardian, the Great Protector, and they helped imprison the Dweller behind the gates. The Dweller is manipulating Wenwu into believing that Lee's voice is calling out to him. Okay, <clears throat> she also explains they are from another universe. In the first section of the wooden story, Nan shows their city and it looks very futuristic, almost Cree. So, Uh, I mean, in this, she says, after decimating our largest cities, they were headed to your universe to do the same. And they just keep on going with it. Like, no! What was that? And then she says at the very she goes, so you think soul eaters are talking to our dad? And Nan says, they know the ten rings have the power to break them free. So the ten rings also come from this other universe. Well that
1: would help explain why nobody else in the that would help explain the post credit scene. Right. Um, but yeah, I I didn't think about it till afterwards like that's the jump through the multiverse.
0: Agreed. And when I look back at the original order of this, Shang-Chi was supposed to happen right before Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Instead, we went Shang-Chi to Eternals. There it is. No, I'm talking about the know, No, no, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. You hate the Eternals. It's okay. No, Eternals was
1: so... Anyways. um, No, I'm just... I, i I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed, but I understand why I'm pissed, and I, I there's nothing I can do about it because goddamn pandemic screwed up everything. Like this was so much part better. of the plan. God, this is a stupid plan. What's <laughs> the freaking multiverse yeah, that they did it without? Ugh, yeah, what a seed.
0: They, okay, Nan takes Shang-Chi and Xiaoling to view suits that their mother crafted for them. Nan takes Shang-Chi to a location to help hone his fighting skills and train the way his mother learned how to fight, as she was the only one who could ever defeat Wen Wu. Katie learns archery, and Xiaoling practices with a new rope dart. We get a nice little training montage. Shang-Chi knows how to fight like his father, and now it's time to learn how to fight like his mommy.
1: Yeah, they're the best of both worlds. It's, it's the best of both worlds, but I mean... Uh, you, did not, you like Nan in this? She's just a walking, talking fortune cookie. She just
0: spits it out kind of like Yoda. Without she's Yoda with better English skills. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I
1: totally see it. I, there's a, there's a lot of parallelism. You know, you've already mentioned Luke and Leia. Now you're mentioning Yoda. You know.
0: Oh, I know what I'm You mentioned (laughs)
1: Wenwu is a possible Anakin Darth Vader because there's still some lights in him and he's just confused, but... The force is with you, young Skywalker. (laughs) God, that's such great sound. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I like Nan, but she's just like, every now and then she'll just spit out some Nan's words of wisdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're appropriate. As Wenwu continues going over his research at Talo, Shang-Chi sits alone at the lake and remembers the night of his mother's death at the hands of his father's rivals, the Iron Gang. He reveals to Chen, Katie, that he lied about not carrying out the hit against the gang's leader on his first mission. He declares his intention to kill his father for his involvement. Now this is where we get another flashback of what happened that evening. And I get the idea that Wenwu has put all this behind him and this was a revenge thing from before he met Lee. Yeah. So no matter what he tried to do, he could never get rid of his past. He could never let it go. Even when he tried to let it go and he successfully did so, his past was always going to catch up with him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh Which is kind of his arc in this whole thing, is that he's got to learn how to let go of the past, his wife's whispers and all that stuff, because it just keeps haunting him. Mm-hmm. There is some inconsistency with, him blaming Shang-Chi later on for it because Shang-Chi was just like 11 fucking years old. What was he going to do? Yeah,
1: he wasn't training at that time,
0: was he? No, no, he wasn't I mean, training. He wasn't training at that point. You're right. I
1: didn't think he was. You're yeah, right. he I wasn't. didn't think he was. I mean, unless it's the mentality when, well, well dad's away, you're the man of the house type type thing where you need to protect everybody. Yeah. Um, And you didn't do anything. You just hid. So man. for Good someone day. who hides and sees their mother getting yeah killed you're not just not going to stand there and do anything that's the only silver lining I think I can think of but yeah I'm I'm speaking for an 11 year old I guess
0: although I will I say this know. when she engages the 11 or so men that are there and then like another 11 show up I'm like she's going to take them all right now and knock them all out
1: <laughs> yeah and he even said before that's all happens is, but you don't have your powers, so it's like it kind of set up before the fight even began that yeah this is going to be her end.
0: yeah uh, the following day, Wen Wu and the Ten Rings begin their invasion. As the fight rages on, Shang Chi confronts his father, but Wen Wu overpowers him and casts Shang Chi into the lake. That was a proper, I'm your father, ass kicking.
1: <laughs> okay. The so following day, Wen Wu and the Ten Rings begin their invasion. Yes. They made it through. How? Because we know with Morris, yeah. it was not easy. They were racing through the forest. Turn here, turn there, turn this, do this without any kind of map. The reason, How did they get through?
0: Okay, so they had. there was a scene where they talked about the reason why they were going on that particular day is because that's when they knew what the path would be on that particular day. Because it lined up with the path that he took when he went to Talo originally several times to meet with Lee. But it can only happen a certain number of times throughout the year. They, they did something very simple like that to get you through it.
1: So when you go back to the dragon, the water scene, it does show a path. Yes. So you have to think that they have some kind of a map. Right. And now he's getting, for
0: that day, that's why he needed both pendants.
1: Okay. So in the very beginning of the movie, when he has that car accident and goes through and finds the entrance. Was that another time where he just happens to be at the right place at the right time where that opened up and created a path? I can't I guess I can't remember had, in my head he had how he a, got
0: there. He had a map. The reason why he had to go right that minute was because he knew this is what it's gonna be on this map at that time. Mm.
1: But, he was driving towards that. Okay.
0: Yeah. But when it like the reason why he went after the pendants was because those show him the actual way to go. Okay you trained your son to be a killer. Is this what you wanted? It's the best line he's got in this movie.
1: And it's, it's okay at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The look on his face after he tosses Shang-Chi into the lake is the first time we actually see the possible regret from his decisions too. He has this look on his face like, Oh, what have I done?
1: Well, good. Because he's hasn't shown any emotion prior to that. According to Um, you. (laughs) And he just obliterated, possibly killed his son. I I'm glad there's like, there's an ounce of remorse there from parent or any
0: other normal human being. I mean, dead wife, estranged son.
1: Okay. Then I got to talk as the parent. It's your kids though.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen your kid in 10 years and now he's going to kick your ass.
1: But he always knows where his kids are.
0: Well, he says that.
1: So you got to think that he's keeping tab on his
0: kids. Oh, well, he says that. You call him a liar. I would never call my father a liar if he said something like that, and he had ten rings on him that could obliterate me. when Wu approaches the dark gate and begins to attack it, which releases the soul eaters, and I do like how he puts all of the rings on one hand to punch the gate.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a cool effect when the waves of the scales go upward, also. Yep. <clears throat> Death Dealer is immediately killed when his soul is taken. Promptly prompting Razor Fist to ally the Ten Rings with Talo's Guardians to confront the new threat. The demons suck out more souls as fuel to release the Dweller. Go for it, I'll rebuke. This is some allegiance there, Razor Face. Here's a quick
1: turn of the character that I just didn't like, I don't know. He should have just just been killed right then and there. He's no different than any of the other thugs. He's just Wen Wu's main bitch.
0: Well, what should Razor Face do?
1: Oh, they should have just killed him. Well, kill, if killed you show who show his allegiance he should just got after and killed him
0: killed who Lo soldiers the demons are coming that's this is a bigger threat <laughs> they're grabbing people and shangsuing them from mortal combat your soul is mine the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend you got to ally at this moment to do this well, i hope the main boss doesn't find out later well the main boss has some other issues right now, and I think they're all akin to what that is. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Trevor looks like he's going to shit himself when he's sitting there watching those things fly at him. And then he plays he plays dead, doesn't he?
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> Morris comes up to him and it's like, oh, I got all this. Similar. He says, don't worry, mate. It's just acting, playing dead. You do the same thing. And then Morris just rolls over dead. <laughs> <laughs> Such uh, a great relationship that those two have it's
0: yeah it's i did not expect to love that couple (laughs) 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 when Shaoling saves the dragon i thought this was going to be her final turn to good like the dragon kind of looks at her like hey thanks and she's kind of like okay i get i get this now i'm on the good side i've been screwing around before i'm gonna take the straight and narrow from this way out
1: yeah, so did I. I actually thought that she was then gonna be jump on the dragon and for lack of a better term, control and lead the fight with the dragon. Like that was the like those were gonna be the two pair. Yeah. Shang Chi has the rings, she has the dragon. That's a great brother sister one, two punch right
0: there. I think you just figured out what's wrong with his ending. Uh, Cause the ending makes Zha Ling completely redundant. I totally agree. While underwater, Shang-Chi encounters the great protector who helps him rise out and return to finish fighting Wenwu. I think it's cool that he's breathing the bubbles in the air. Yeah. I saw that the second time. And I was like, did he just inhale a bunch of water? Yeah. He's Sonic the hedgehog. Second time we've talked about it. Remember Sonic when he was underwater, a little bubble coming to, to get the air. No, you don't remember? Just me? Okay. No. No, was that the movie? No, that's the game, the video game.
1: Oh, I had Nintendo. I had the rival. I never had Sega.
0: I didn't either. I just remember playing it and seeing it. So anyway, I was really hoping the dragons were going to be metaphorical.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. But if it was, how would you think about that? Well, if there was literally no dragon to fight this, and it was just metaphorical.
0: Well, okay. At the beginning, when the mom is telling Shang-Chi the story... She Mm -hmm. says he has the heart of a dragon. Yes. Well, not a literal one.
1: Yes. You're supposed to take that as metaphorically. I get that.
0: Right. But then you give you a literal one. It makes you wonder, well, then what's so fucking special about him? Really big heart. (laughs) (laughs) When Wu loses control of his rings to Shang-Chi during the fight, but is spared to prove he is nothing like him. Shang-Chi declares that his family needs him. Unfortunately, the Dweller in Darkness emerges from the weak and dark gate, realizing that his sister-in-law was telling the truth. Wu saves his son and passes his rings unto him before the Dweller fully steals his soul. I believe Shang-Chi could take Iron Fist. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah. With the rings? No. Yes, I, I would definitely think the rings are more powerful.
0: Remove the Chi from Iron Fist. Remove the rings from Shang-Chi. Just a straight-up martial arts battle. I believe Shang-Chi could take Iron Fist. Yes. Okay. I thought you were going to push back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: The, the martial arts are absolutely insane in this movie. I and, love it. It's the best we've visu-
0: seen. Visually speaking, when Shang-Chi turns the rings golden, I go, okay, now he's an MCU-worthy hero. He has that shot where he's kind of like, that's something that could be used in The Avengers. Yeah. When he
1: kind of comes out of the, um, the smoke and all those rings are going around him and then he takes them and hones them into this little Hadouken ball. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty awesome shot right there.
0: And then takes his lightsaber and throws it to the ground saying, I'll never join you. Oh wait, sorry. Wrong movie, but same (laughs) parallel. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's a
1: good shot, but then again, I still thought it was Sonic.
0: He throws the rings to <laughs> the ground, and I am a. <laughs> I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to think of a more suitable word for this movie, but yeah, I can't get it. I just think I just see that. God damn you! We are just fixated on Star Wars.
0: Wenwu learning to let go of the past is the completion of his arc. That is his arc is over with. Now he's learned to let go. And now his soul is in the dark dweller's mouth.
1: Well, now he can go be with his wife. Yeah. Which ultimately that's what he, all he wanted to do. Ultimately
0: he he's been reunited and it feels so good. Anything else? Um, when Shang,
1: Chi uses the rings. It's completely different. And I love this. Um, the rings embrace the character of the user. When we'll use them, he's all offense and destruction. When Shang-Chi uses them, it's mostly defense. Complete polar opposites and fighting styles. I mean, it makes sense for the antagonist to be all offensive and destruction and the hero to play that defense kind of a mentality, a little bit of offense. Uh, defense wins championships.
0: Yeah, you got put points on the board, though, to win.
1: And the colors change too.
0: Yes, I mean, it
1: go from like a blue, kind of a white, which, and then all of a sudden, this golden, like he's the golden boy, the chosen one.
0: Oh, Son of a bitch. look at that! <laughs> keep keep walking into my cave, man. Oh my gosh, your dark cave. Oh. Uh, The monster proceeds to rampage across the village, taking Shang-Chi and Shaoling. When she tells Shang-Chi to let her go so that they won't both die, he refuses and continues to hold on to her because he's learned I'm not letting you go again. Katie fires an arrow at the Dwellers throat. Shang-Chi uses the rings to fire blasts at the Dweller while the Great Protector gets a few hits in. Shang-Chi hurls the rings into the Dwellers chest and lands one final powerful finish him move to rip (laughs) the beast to shreds.
1: By far, this is the greatest grip strength I've ever seen in the MCU.
0: Well, the hand he's holding her with has five of the rings and they wrap around both of their hands. It is supernatural. It is. And okay. Chris want- Evans held a helicopter down at one point. He's got a serum. You Let me retract now. that
1: statement. <laughs> he, I, man, maybe this is coming from a guy who's had two shoulder surgeries How did his arm not rip off them? Five rings. Those are around his wrists.
0: That wrapped around her wrists. And he's got the other five on the other. So
1: how did his shoulder not come out of place?
0: He's got the heart of a dragon. (sighs) He's just holding on to her. And let's be honest, Steve, he's in better shape than both of us.
1: (laughs) He is, but you have two massive, flying, angry beasts going at each other. And they're... Trying to, it's just my shoulder hurt just watching it. (laughs) Click, pop is all I hear. And I was like, how did he just not get ripped off? But then again, if that actually did happen, that would look pretty poorly on the MCU's part.
0: (laughs) I mean, if yeah, if he's holding on his sister, all of a sudden this goes, wait, hold on, pop. (laughs) Yeah, his arm just comes off. It's like,
1: okay. That's an oopsie. (laughs) I guess, but no, yeah, Chris Evans held a helicopter. He's got serum through his whole body. It's all... Here's the serum conversation.
0: Again. Yeah. We're not going to get into that again. <laughs> so the final finishing
1: move. Yes. All of this concentration and martial arts. Yes. Again, I've always complimented says doing, he's doing this dancing. Cause they say martial arts is more, you know, when you do it's, it, it's a dance with your partner while free falling without the rings. Yes.
0: No. Uh, yeah. Without, well, he's controlling the rings from where he's at. Yes. He's controlling them. So without the rings
1: um, above a massive flying beast that has glowing rings in his body over a swirling whirlpool. Mm-hmm. Well done. Shang Chi. He has great composure.
0: He's an MCU superhero.
1: I mean, it's, there's a lot going on in this scene and this is where I tend to take it back a little bit because this whole fighting montage with, this is the super soul sucker, Right. Yes. Is that what they call it? Don't get me started the on that. The Dark Dweller. Yeah, that's a little bit better, but they kept referring to it as the super soul sucker. Okay. Um, there's a lot of CGI going on. Yes. It almost seems like it's too much. And it just seemed very difficult to see. The water like made the, it difficult. The water made it. It was dark, too. It just it it just it, it seemed like it was all over the place for me.
0: Well, I think there's a lighting issue also because they, it was on a cloudy day. The lights coming in and out of the clouds all the time. And that's messing with the way you're seeing things on there. It Mm -hmm. was, it was, I think they were trying to do too much all at once. If you took away one of the elements, it probably would have looked good, but they had to do like all of them at the same time. And you're like, you don't need every CGI department to get involved in this scene.
1: Yeah. Like if you take out the whirlpool. Yeah and I'm just thinking something off the top of my head, then yeah, it probably looks a little bit cleaner.
0: But this is also when it comes to the story of it, this I've said before, I did not know what the hell Shang-Chi's character arc is. And after watching it again, I finally figured it out. The whole beginning is about him never reaching his potential because he's been saying, I don't want to deal with it. He's a slacker. He's a slacker. And now this symphonic something going, you know what? This is who I am. I'm realizing my potential. That's what it is. It is a hair above what Captain America's was in the first Avenger because his personality did not change. The only thing that changed about him was he got serum. The only difference between Shang-Chi at the beginning, at the end of this, is that he's realized his potential and he has the ring. So it's a hair better than what Cap did.
1: Yeah, it is because he was still that righteous person. Yeah. And then he got the serum, which just. It boosted more of his confidence, if anything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, I think the arc of not just wanting to be, you know, the slacker mentality, realizing that he is destined to do more and did not and accepting that accepting of his family and who he is and how he could be better than that. Yeah, it's a better arc.
0: Although victorious, both the people of Talo and the Ten Rings suffered heavy losses. The surviving combatants, including Nan, the Ten Rings, and Slattery, (laughs) hold a vigil to honor the dead. They light lanterns and send them off across the waters. Uh, Shang-Chi bids goodbye to his father.
1: Shang-Chi and Katie make a good couple.
0: I don't know yet. Freaking out. She gets all, takes his hand and kind of takes his arm. It's a comforting (laughs) moment during a funeral. Well, I hope you do that to me. Well, I don't live in Cape Coral. This reminds me <laughs> of when Frigga died in Thor the Dark World. The funeral is very similar. Yes. It's nice to see Trevor still alive. And Oh Yeah, he, he was acting.
1: Of course he is. That's a good couple. That is a great friendship. That's a good relationship.
0: So is Shang-Chi and Katie. It's a good friendship.
1: Oh, well, when I say couple, I think it's gearing a little bit more than nah. getting out of the friendship Nuh-uh. zone.
0: No. uh Nope. <laughs> nah. uh, he and Katie return to San Francisco and tell the story of their adventure to Sue and John who do not believe them. Then Wong emerges from a portal and brings Shang-Chi and Katie to Kamartage to discuss the origin of his father's rings, making Sue and John realize that they were telling the truth. Listening to Shang-Chi and Katie talk about their experience. Sounds like two people talking about the video game they just played.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's, they're going to talk about it and say this, and they could say whatever they want. Hell, no, they could tell the truth. Nobody will believe them. Nope. Because of just how outlandish it is.
0: But I, I will say this, when Wong comes through the portal, and he goes, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, Shang goes, here, present.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you and I both know that when we're taking roll
0: in the very beginning, he says, okay. Attendance please. Yeah. Why does Katie always, need to come? No, I have no idea. He says, you need to come with me. And you, you need to come also. Maybe because I don't okay. Need to come. I think there's something experienced at all. I think there's something more behind Katie. I'm in. Yeah. We get a mid credit scene. Shang-Chi and Katie meet Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers with Wong. As they discuss that when Shang-Chi used the 10 rings, it activated a beacon transmitting a mysterious message before they can continue to figure out what it means. Shang-Chi and Katie take Wong to the karaoke bar where they get drunk and sing hotel, California.
1: This scene, Mm. I really, I, I, I watched it multiple times because I absolutely love the quote that Wong says, and this is what He says, after, you know, I think Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner kind of leave. Yeah. They go, he goes, from now on, the trajectory of your lives will be like nothing you have ever experienced before. And there is no going back. <laughs> you both have a long journey ahead of you. Go home, get some rest. This is what should be said to anyone who has not <laughs> seen the MCU and has just watched Iron Man 1.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because
1: it's, I I feel like it was a hair of me believes that that was written in there, and there's just I see the parallelism. I I think it's just me, but it's too spot on.
0: It's it really is because it does feel like a long journey now to get to that point.
1: Yes, and you just saw a great movie in Iron Man. Go home and get some rest.
0: I mean, yeah. Th- there's that. There's there's also Carol Carol Danvers. She kind of goes, I've got to go. He's got my number. If you need me, give me a call. She leaves. He goes, I don't, I don't have her number. She does this all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, I think when the marvels come out, they're going to explain why she leaves. At least I hope so.
0: Well, I hope so. Also, I also hope that my theory and this will probably just be disproved in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are recording this on June 29th, Miss Marvel's in its fourth week right now out of six or seven episodes. Eight episodes, who knows how many it's going to be. I don't know, it's just kind of meandering right now. <laughs> but she has a bangle that could possibly be of the same origin as the Ten Rings because the bangle is from an area that you see the 10 rings on the floor of. So there is a connection between the two. And I believe my theory is that they are Cree in origin. So we'll see if I'm right or not.
1: I mean, you, you have a history of making very good predictions.
0: I've made one massive prediction that I'm just going (laughs) to hang my hat on and be done with it. That's it. It'll never be better than what I said about the Illuminati.
1: No, no, Uh it won't. And I, yeah, even still the one it came close where you almost named the title for episode nine. (laughs) Yours is so much better. It is.
0: I know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the post credit scene, Shaoling now appears to be the new re- leader of the Ten Rings, with Razor Fist now working under her as the surviving members are seen continuing their training while she makes new plans for their future. And Steve, I really hope that Shaoling is the actual power broker that happened in Win- Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or that she's the one the power broker is working for. Tie it together.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll go with the first one. If, if she was actually the second one, I don't know if I'd like it because you're just, you're cheapening her character even more. I think if she is the power broker, yeah, that would just, that would stay on level with how powerful and influential she is because you gotta remember she started that whole underground crime Lord thing, that fighting
0: ring. Yes. From when she was really young. She was like 15, 16 years old.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I have a lot of respect for her to be able to build something that epic, I guess. Yeah. And for her to just be working for somebody else, uh, I don't know if I'd like it so much. So if she was the power broker, that would be
0: awesome. Well, if she, if that's the case and that means that agent 13, whatever her name was, I can't remember her name. Uh, because at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was revealed that she was the power broker, but then she's on the phone with somebody saying, I think we got a new avenue into getting what we want, and I'm hoping that the person she's on the phone with is Sha Ling. What was that Sharon Carter? Sharon Carter. Thank you very much. Yeah. But that's the end of the movie. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 91%, 49 fresh and five rotten. The critics on average gave this film a 7.4 out of 10, saying, quote, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings isn't entirely free of Marvel's familiar formula, but this exciting origin story expands the MCU in more ways than one. Well, it does expand it because it doesn't touch anything in the MCU. It's its own tangent. <laughs> you get, you get, it's out there. It's a if, branch on the timeline. If they're going to start... I guess looking at the gods, you have Chinese mythology, oh. you have the Eternals, you have what's going to happen in Thor Love and Thunder, where you're going to see Olympus with Zeus and all of them. This fits in there. If that's the, if they can tie it all the, or even Moon Knight with the Egyptian gods mm-hmm. there, they're, that seems like to be the realm that they're going
1: in right now. I mean, you could could you even link doctor strange and the like dormammu and that whole thing cuz that's very god
0: celestial like the dark dimension yeah yes. that's oh i don't know let's see let's take a look at those rotten Reviews. Let's see what they say. the here. fun ones. I know. So Allison Wilmore of the New York Magazine Vulture says, quote, Shang-Chi isn't a hopeless addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe fold, but the movie feels as wracked with a sense of inadequacy about its main character as that main character is about himself. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is bad because the character's bad. Okay. Good to know. Maya Phillips says of the New York Times, the film uses the superficial markers of Asian culture and filmmaking without presenting anything unique in its Marvel take on that tradition. I didn't think it was superficial. I thought they nailed a lot of the lore that was in there. Yeah. I mean Maya. Yeah, the, you mars-
1: be- the martial arts, the dragon. I mean, how it flowed. It, it, it when I saw that dragon take on, it reminded me of a Chinese New Year.
0: The big, the big lion beasts that were there.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. All the Pokemon you said referenced actually. <laughs> sorry,
0: no, I, I said
1: it. <laughs> but um, these, didn't you say that those were actual all, yeah, mythical creatures yep. from that lore?
0: Yeah, I think they did. Uh, good. And, fr- and finally, Jake Cole of Slant Magazine says, "Quote on the screen, Shang Chi is rotely defined by the same." Gifted kid imposter syndrome, as so many other self doubting MCU heroes before him. It's called a formula, Jake.
1: So what other MCU heroes inherited their family's power? Well Star Lord.
0: Yeah, he's half god. That's one. Yeah.
1: Yes. What's another one?
0: Um uh,
1: I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, so to say that I mean is
0: Well hold on. Now I got it. okay, Thor.
1: Okay. That's two.
0: Yep. Uh Let's go with uh, Ant-Man. No. No, because no, no, no. that wasn't his family. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't his family. Not Spider-Man. Not... Oh,
1: Black Panther. Black Panther. That's yep. three. Do you want to say the Wasp?
0: No. Nah. No, because the power is a suit. It's not anything like that. I guess the only one really would be Star-Lord. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. So, so- like. Black- to, you, say that comment, to say that <laughs> comment means that's something that's regularly happened in the MCU. Yeah, no. And that's not the case.
0: So anyway, the audience score gave it a 4.8 out of 5 with 98% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. So the movie's over, Steve. Were you entertained? I'm going to say, yeah, I was definitely entertained this time around. I,
1: yes, I was slightly entertained. I was every, it's like, okay, the first time I watched it, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but then towards the end, I was entertained. And then, same thing here, except I knew what was going on, but I was still a little surprised that I was entertained. Like, okay. I mean, it wasn't a chore. It always seems like it's going to be a chore to go through, but after I watch it, it doesn't feel like that.
0: It's okay, Steve. Embrace it. Embrace it. (laughs) Every part of my body's telling me not to. <laughs> well, now let's figure it out whether the awards got it right and whether this movie's worth your time or not. At the Academy Awards, it got one nomination but did not win. It was for Best Achievement in Visual Effects. And I think we can all agree the visual effects in this were not even on par with the regular MCU film. Dune won for this one. So I'd say Dune should have won.
1: Yeah, I never saw Dune. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about Dune. It's either you really like it or you don't like it. Yeah. Um, But maybe No Way Home. But then if I chose that, I feel like it would be a little biased.
0: Could be. Could be. I mean, Dune is really, really pretty. Okay. It's a really pretty movie. Uh, No nominations at the Golden Globes, but at the MTV Movie Awards. Came out the same year as Black Widow. Uh, So, best fight. It was nominated for that, for the bus fight. But it lost to Black Widow for the Black Widow versus the Widow's fight. Mm. I think... What do you think? I think the bus fight is better than the Black Widow versus the Widow's fight.
1: Does the CGI take away away from the fight? Do you think maybe they were looking at that? Because the Widow's versus Black Widow... Yeah. That's just all there. There's no... I don't think there's any CGI that's involved.
0: No, it's not. But... The bus fight is so spectacular looking when you don't look at the CGI.
1: <laughs> so you got to you got to hone your vision on just on, on the fighting, which you should be able to, because this says, doesn't say best scene; it says best fight. Exactly. And it doesn't say best fight scene. Right. If it was best fight scene, then I don't think you can say Shang Chi.
0: Now that being but said. Best fight, I don't think this will be when. Eventually, we're going to do Spider-Man No Way Home, and I think that's going to be the one where we go. Yes, the end battle is the winner there. Yeah. Best hero. It was not even best hero, but Scarlett Johansson won for Black Widow. Uh, is Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow better than Simu Lu's Shang Chi? I yes. think. I think she is. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Uh, um, better than Tom Holland. Well, we haven't done spider We'll do Spider-Man No Way Home. We we'll do Spider-Man No Way Home. Better than Moon Knight. Yeah, I don't know what Moon Knight is yet. I have no idea what Moon Knight is yet. And Daniel Craig, James Bond, It's James Bond, same in every f- movie. I don't know. Yeah, uh, best movie. It was nominated for best movie, but it lost to Dune. Dune wins again. I don't think Shang Chi is better than Dune. I I, can't, I haven't seen it. I know, before. I know. But okay, look at the other the others that were in there were Scream, Spider Man, No Way Home, The Adam Project, and The Batman.
1: Got to see.
0: This is Shang-Chi the right? winner amongst those five? No, because I would put... Ugh. I'd put No Way Home above it. <laughs> yeah, I would put No Way Home
1: above Shang-Chi. Yeah. I don't even know what The Adam Project is.
0: Oh, it's a really good movie on uh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah, check that out. Ryan Reynolds is hysterical.
1: And I have yet to see The Batman.
0: You're not missing anything. Okay. All right. <laughs> on to our next segment titled Top three, bottom three. So here we go. My top three. Uh, My number three, Abomination and Wong working together. What is a sorcery? I want more. My number two, Tony Leung and Michelle Yeoh. I love their presence in this film. Each scene they are in, I am glued to the screen. Michelle Yeoh was the one you said was giving out fortune cookie wisdom earlier. She's fantastic. And my number one, obviously the bus fight. Uh, If it's not the bus fight, it's the scaffolding scene. Uh, But the bus fight is pretty damn cool. Considering the stunts were all real and not CGI. Steve, what are your top three?
1: Uh, Number three, the return of Trevor Slattery was a pleasant (laughs) surprise. That was really fun. That was really cool to see. And, I couldn't even remember even the second time when we watched it when he came back. And then once I heard that grunting down the camera, I was like, Oh yes, that's right. (laughs) And (laughs) especially when he's speaking Shakespearean. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: My number two, I know you're not going to like this, but Katie (sighs) is the yin to the movies. Yang. She represents the audience perfectly. And I think her and Shang-Chi are a great duo together. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one Shang-Chi versus the Death Dealer fights and the overall martial arts and fighting choreography was so smooth and elegant, yet it was powerful and destructive. It was really well done. And I think this one is even a stronger one because in the beginning, I said I did not like these kind of movies. And for me to go out and say that this was awesome and my number one thing that I liked uh, that's a testament of me expanding my palate.
0: I would say so. I would say so. Okay, time for the bottom three. This is where we get to have some fun. Let's vent about this. My number three, the ending with the dragon is too cartoony for me.
1: Yeah. Like, I get with too much CGI they did at the end.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two, Aquafina. Oh. No. I hate her voice. I hate her walk. <laughs> I hate her. Okay. <laughs> And my number one, Shang-Chi may be the least interesting hero in the MCU because everyone else around him just seems more charismatic than he is. Those are my three. Okay. Steve, what are your three? Um, My
1: number three, the slacker turned hero. It seemed a little predictable. Yeah. Um, My number two, the post-credit scene. And I hate to put, I mean. (laughs) No. If I This isn't the first movie that I've really honed on the post-credit or on post-credit scenes, but the post-credit scene with Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner, the two major players in the MCU. Yeah. They seemed like they were going to give the Ten Rings and Shang-Chi some real meaning to his character. Like, why are you here? Only to kind of be cut short and ended with a joke. Yeah, Uh, I I felt like I got the rug pulled underneath. me.
0: (laughs) Good job. Yeah, I like that. What's your number one? Uh,
1: And I said it before, my number one, towards the end of the movie, there was just too much CGI and it was tough to see anything. The mega soul sucker, terrible name. And I know that you said there was the dark dweller, but they kept referring to it as the, the mega soul sucker. The battle was tough to watch just because there was too much CGI. It was good. I'm not saying that the CGI looked bad. It was just too much of it. And it was almost, it was just seemed all over the place.
0: Okay, would you, you can s- really tell that's where they spent a lot of their money. Like I think of that. And I think it's so much, it, it's too much bad CGI because we've seen battles like Endgame. Endgame is all CGI for the most part, but that's good looking CGI. This is kind of bargain basement for Marvel. Well when
1: I looked at it like the bus scene, there were some bad CGI parts, but it wasn't right. overwhelming. But I wonder I if they en- had like another. I still couple must- enjoyed the scene.
0: If they had another couple months must- to refine that, it might have looked better. Oh, I guarantee
1: it. Yeah. yeah. Um it was I I think it was just too much CGI going on at once that made it look bad.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, time for the critics rating. Use A to F scale here on the movie planet. C is average, A is highest, F is the lowest. The movie is so bad it receives Fs from all the hosts. It gets to join in the global killer pantheon, the following movies, Waterworld, Matrix Revolutions, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. So- <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite of ours.
1: Oh, guy so clothed that so dear to my heart.
0: So the question is, what do you give 2021 Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in the comic book movie genre by today's standards? Steve, you get to go first. Go for it.
1: Awesome. We've always said this before. Marvel, Disney, they know how to cut a trailer. They did a good job gaining my interest for this one. I was still a little hesitant for more personal reasons. I just wasn't a big fan of martial arts, Kung Fu movies, but this was Marvel and Kevin Feige or Feige Feige. I, (laughs) I trust this was the first movie. I just was not looking forward to rewatching. Like, I think I waited till the last possible day to watch this movie. Cause like, at one point I texted you, I was like, I'm folding laundry right now, Yes, (laughs) and I could be uh, watching Shang-Chi. I was like, I'd rather get rid of this laundry. I still have no desire to want to go revisit this movie again. When the next set of phases gets released and starts linking things again, I'm hoping my interest with Shang-Chi gets renewed. But I'm not here to talk about what this movie can turn into later on down the line. I want to give my grade for this movie in the here and now. I'm not talk, I'm not taking into account the movies prior, a.k.a. the Infinity Saga. That ship has sailed, and a new saga <laughs> is beginning. Just don't Star Wars this Disney. <laughs> Shang-Chi is a mediocre hero at best. You pointed out that he has no character arc, kind of like a Captain Marvel. Not as bad as Captain Marvel, but close. That makes his character kind of blah. His sister, help me out with the saying. Shiling calling is more intriguing because she walks that fine line of good and bad at times. She is fighting the good fight with Shang-Chi. The other time she's building a crime organization in the new 10 rings. I'm so glad I get to bring this back. My villain analysis. (laughs) Wen Wu. in the beginning, he does a, he does play the villain. Well, He wants unlimited power and was even given the label, the most dangerous man on the planet. Why has shield not had any tabs on this guy then? Anyways, as the story unfolds, he turns into a family man because of the love interest. And I can accept that kind of a change Then he loses his wife along with his family. That's all his doing. Maybe not his wife, well, no, it is his wife because that is the his past is coming back to get him and he pushes his family away. So that's all he's doing. He becomes fixated on revenge. That is a very good villain quality. I can somewhat sympathize with that. I mean, he lost his family. He lost his wife. I get it. I'd be pissed, too. I mean, hell, if a gang murdered your wife and the most pow- and you're the most powerful man in the world. I would have a grudge too, and I would take matters into my own hands. After that, the story cheapens him by the soul seekers speaking to him behind a magical wall. It just makes him look dumb, and he believes his wife is still alive when he knows his wife when she actually died. The average villain at best. The CGI is the main villain in this movie. (laughs) In the beginning, it was forgivable because it was minor at best. Hell, the best scene, in my opinion, was Shang-Chi versus the Death Dealer. That was raw fighting, had no CGI in there. You should have just, less is more. Don't get me wrong, it still looks great, but I just think there was just too much of it, which was distracting to what was going on. My scene in point, the very end when he blows up the Dark Dweller. This is especially felt at the climax of the film when Shang-Chi is battling the mega soul sucker with the great lethal protector. Wait, (laughs) just the great protector, sorry. It was, I was more entertained the second time around, but I still have no desire to watch this again unless I'm taking the MCU ride with my kids one day. Even then, I'll just bite my tongue and I'll watch it. But again, I hope in further films, it makes it a little bit better. C plus. Okay. All right. Did you think I see your range here and it's very broad.
0: Yeah. My initial range before I started watching this was between a B and a D plus MCU average too. (laughs) Yes. I've been thinking about how to grade this. When we did the infinity saga plus black widow, the idea was grading it within the saga itself. However, being that we're in phase four of this MCU journey, It's clear they're telling a new story. So I'm not going to be worried about how these movies fit into the past, but more about how they fit into the future of the MCU. As more movies come out and they answer questions we have, I think we have the duty to go back and revisit and regrade if necessary. That being said, this is not one of the MCU's best. Just as a movie alone, it's very much an average MCU movie. But the average MCU movie is still a B, an above average comic book movie. We talked about Miracle. We talked about Formulaic. And yes, this is Formulaic. Find an unlikely citizen. Give him a sidekick. Give him powers. Give him an enemy who's someone close to him. Make you sympathize with the enemy. Inner turmoil in the hero. Hero overcomes their issues. Big battle. Hero wins. Rinse, repeat. Shang-Chi is arguably the most unassuming hero we've had since Ant-Man. For this, I have to blame the writers. You had a great casting in Simu Lu, and you gave all the wit to Aquafina. Simu Liu clearly has the martial arts down. That much is clear. And I have to believe he did what he could for his character, but there's nothing quotable about this hero. In fact, we've been laughing more at Katie's lines and even more at Trevor Lattery's lines, which leads me to a strange casting decision. Aquafina doesn't seem like the right casting here. I can't believe going to say this. I think Kelly Marie Tran, Rose Tico from Star Wars would have been a better fit for this role. I think Brenda Song would have been better. At least I could believe that they were going to become all world-level archers. Aquafina walks around like an 80-year-old man who's looking for the best place to get some soup. Her personality works, but her physicality didn't seem right. When it comes to villains, I think the MCU gave us our most sympathetic one. And Tony Lung hits it out of the park. More importantly... The director hits it out of the park with this because instead of telling us that Wen Wu was a good man at one point, he actually shows us. Show, not tell. Hopefully Captain Marvel's next movie will figure that out. I know he takes a hit for the acting because he's not expressing much range, but I think he's expressing the exact amount of range he should. I hate him. I understand him. In the end, he's the final piece that leads to Shang-Chi reaching his potential. Love has blinded this man from the obvious, but when your wife has come from a magical place where there's fucking dragons and shit, it's kinda hard to disbelieve the impossible. The CGI, well, I think this was a product of the pandemic. <laughs> We've seen from several of the properties that were filmed during the pandemic, some quote, cutting of corners, and this is no different. The bus scene is fantastic, but you can tell the exterior is all CGI. The scaffolding scene is fantastic, but you can tell the exterior is all CGI. Cutting corners with CGI and trying to maintain the pace of the movies is a pain. And I think Marvel will look back at the pandemic as though Thanos actually came and snapped half their plans out of whack. I mean, the ending is a visual train wreck in my opinion. You really can't see what's going on when the dragon gets involved and I almost wish they just kept the beast at bay with the battle between the father and son. But then he would have never bequeathed those rings to his baby boy. Overall, this movie definitely took some chances with the Chinese lore and I appreciate it for it. It does feel different than your standard Marvel movie because of the reliance on martial arts this time around. So despite its warts... I feel I can give this movie a B minus some other MCU movies. I gave a B minus two were age of Ultron and guardians of the galaxy volume one. And I think it is right there.
1: We're not too far
0: off. We're not, we're literally a half a point away from each other.
1: Um, Usually that doesn't happen.
0: I know, but revisiting the list of movies in the Pantheon, guess what? It's not making it. Sorry. We're coming it, Close. It's good. So where? It's going to stay Avengers, Deadpool, Endgame, Deadpool, Infinity War, Iron Man, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and Doctor Strange, (laughs) which just booted Black Panther off his ass out of the Pantheon, motherfuckers, until someone else gives Black Panther a higher grade, and then we're screwed again. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But not, Oh, you want to know where it is amongst all of them? Yes, that was going to be my question. It's tied with Iron Man 2. It's below the Thor, the Dark World. It's above Green Lantern and the Dark Knight Rises. I think that's a great spot for it. I, it. It. And when it comes to MCU movies, it's above Incredible Hulk. It's above Captain Marvel. It's above Guardians Volume 2. It's above Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's above Black Widow.
1: Yeah, I so agree.
0: I, I'd say it's better than all those. Okay, critics hats off. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? And I'm going to say, I like this movie. Not love, I like it. But the way the ending is shot and listening to Aquafina for two hours keeps me from loving it.
1: (laughs) Steve, what about you? It is a very mild like, it's a very, very mild like, and I'm not talking like, oh, it's like mild salsa. You can just keep eating it and 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 it won't burn you at the end. (laughs) It's just, it's a mild like
0: It's kind of like White Castle. You enjoy eating it, but you know all the shits afterwards.
1: that's quite the analogy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you go to get White Castle, you know you're committing to something that you're not going to enjoy later on.
1: (laughs) You can take it in small doses.
0: Yes. Okay, well, let's wrap this sucker up. that's all we got time for today movie planetaires next show we'll look at little shop of horrors from 1986 for the musical movie pantheon you can email the movie planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com if you enjoyed the show subscribe on itunes spotify or podbean and give us a four or five star review like us on facebook twitter and follow our instagram the opinions expressed on the movie planet podcast are those of the individual hosts The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Steve, any last words? Welcome to the Hotel California. <laughs> 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 or? <laughs> yes. Uh may the force be with you. Oh wait, wrong property. Uh thanks for listening and happy movie watching. Yeah. We're out.
1: yeah yeah but I haven't even that one
0: I have an even better question for you wrap your brain around this one because I thought about this today is this movie actually happening during the five-year blip because they never mention everyone and the
1: only the only other part of that we know it's a blip is when Sean or Sean is walking to go see Katie at her house and you see a bunch of those um therapy blip advertisements on the wall that are all. On there, but and I I should have stopped and tried to read them, but I I read them really quick, and it's just like, how are you doing? They're they're all for therapy type things, but again, that's another take at okay where this is at in the MCU. But I don't remember seeing anything that would give me definitive answer if this was post return.
0: Because here's the thing. We know that Wong and Dr. Strange lived together after the blip because that's where he's living. He's living in the New York Sanctum. But in this, Wong was never blipped. That's how he became Sorcerer Supreme. Strange is not with them. Yeah, because Strange got blipped. Strange got blipped, but Wong didn't. So this could very well be in the wrong place in the timeline. Would you be surprised if, like you said, Shang-Chi actually happens in between? Infinity War and Endgame.
1: When I first think of that, I think that's really cool. Yes. Because we don't know what life was like between the blip. We just know the before and after.
0: And the only other thing I could say, the only thing that we have that says this is after the blip is, well, no, because Bruce was never, well, Bruce has his arm in the, in the wrap at the end. Yeah. So maybe it did happen after the after they all came back because he, oh, he messed up his yeah. arm he messed up his arm in Endgame, snapping everybody back into existence. Yep. But Captain Marvel's hair is back to what it was pre Infinity War. I don't know, Steve.
1: Well, in Infinity War she got it cut short. Yes. And then she it was was it a little bit longer? It was longer, right?
0: She had the the Mohawk, didn't she?
1: Oh no, which I came that back. That of her helmet.
0: Oh she did it. Yeah. It was longer than ever it was,
1: long. it was yeah. longer. So yeah, this was all it's it's post return.
0: It's damn it. It's post I thought I came up with something interesting. You did. You did.
1: And again, great conversation. You had me excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. No more that. Uh do we ever get an expl No, we talked about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go into that again.
1: Why Those. she's a good driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah she's an Avonad fan.
0: Well, I love the prequels in our <laughs> star Wars. I wouldn't say it makes me professional lightsaber battles.
1: Okay. <laughs>